Let's make a show. Let's make a great big show. Let's do it all right here in this old barn. My mom can make some costumes. As long as Aaron's recording, we can uh, discuss this starting this new chapter of our lives, which is episode 24. <laughs> Always dreamed about getting to the 24th chapter of my life. Turning the page, guys. Every day I write the book, you know. <laughs> Today's the first day of the rest of our lives. Oh, shut up. Today's the first day of the rest. Well, it is, but shut up. You know where you are, Ear and Loathing, everyone's, I want to say, favorite podcast. For, for the four people who listen, I'm pretty sure they mm. they would put it up there, at least, oh. in, at least in the top 25. I was going to say top five, even. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's episode 24. You guys realize if we had done one podcast an hour, we would have had a full day's worth of, of podcasts and ended mm. up here at episode 24. It's a tough schedule. I'm trying to come up with 24 things. That's, the only, that's the only thing I have. The TV show, 24 hours. Yeah. So that's the all, Kiefer all... Sutherland of episodes. The Kiefer Sutherland <laughs> of episodes, which means we'll all be drunk in, in public with our pants down. Hey. So. Fighting he with grew a Christmas up. tree. Okay. <laughs> what did you see? Fighting a Christmas tree? Did he do that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, who hasn't really, you know, who hasn't fought a Christmas tree? I, you know. Did he win? No. no. It, was a dog, it was a dog fur no. and he got his ass kicked. <laughs> One no. time I, I exchanged words with an Easter basket. <laughs> Harsh words, harsh words. Harsh <laughs> words with an Easter basket. What are you fucking looking at? Where's the Easter money? <laughs> Your grass is fake, dude. I, it's I know, I, I know it's fake grass. Stupid. <laughs> That's when your mom stopped serving gin uh, in the morning at the Easter festivals that the Pivotones always have. <laughs> it's famously a dry event since then. Yep. <laughs> Oh, mm. we we can't hold our liquor on Jesus's. Was his birth? No, birthdays is, is Christmas. What is what does he do on? He rises again, right? He rises He's back, again. baby. He's back, yeah. baby. He rises after Palm Sunday. He's like, it's, a, it's the. This <laughs> is David Blaine. Yeah, <laughs> Jay Bones is back <laughs> and better than ever. Ah, oh, Jay Bones. All right, so you know what this is: ear and loathing, the show where we do shit. And uh, here, sitting next to me in the enter- entertainment capital of the world, that's how I'm feeling today. The show where we do shit. We do shit. <laughs> well, come on. I was gonna, I was gonna explain what we do, and I just got, I, I just, you know, I've been up since five thirty in the morning. I just don't care. But anyway, George, steam. what's your name? You're the media darling. I'm George White, and to and maybe inject some energy into this show, I will, I will use, I will, I'll do some. Steven Tyler. Welcome, people of Earth. Jibbity bibbity bop. <laughs> George is actually wearing scarves. Many, many scarves when he said that. I don't know if you could you could tell, Aaron. So anyway, speaking of uh, the guy I just mentioned, he's calling in from the North Star. He's my North Star. He's Steven Tyler's North Star. Yeah. He's society's North Star. He's the yeoman purser of the North Star. Please say hello. Baringa, nobody loves me except my mama, and she might be jiving me too. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Steven Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. 
We are here with episode 24 of Ear and Loathing. Very proud of you lads for uh, getting here. Sticking it out. Quite quite an accomplishment. <laughs> yeah, Man, and there was no guarantee of that. I no. know. No. I, I had, you know, second thoughts after the first episode, but <laughs> kept them to myself. So I guess because I... <laughs> Good leadership. Your, Good leadership. <laughs> your pal, Damon, the administrative assistant of Ear and Loathing, is in the torture chamber today. Mm-hmm. And you know what that means. Yeah. Going to see Clem first. Yes. Yeah, yeah. uh, our pal Clem would like to interject something here. Let's see what he has to say. Hi there. Welcome to Kibbit's Corner. He's a man of few words. I realized something listed so many times. Did So who played the banjo on that? Is it Clem? Who's playing that banjo? Do you want the real story or do you want the... the uh... Either one. <laughs> what's funnier it's, it's, just a, it's just a dumb clip i found somewhere okay, okay. <laughs> that's not the funnier one that's what not- you just said that's the drier fact-based well, it's his yeah, cousin right. bebo kleiss yeah try that yeah. <laughs> if we i didn't know you were, i didn't know if you were gonna go for like theater of the mind and we were gonna come up with this whole thing where clem taught himself to you know simultaneously talk and play banjo at the same time whatever who cares so guess what george what? I was thinking about, do I have a Barakids? Do I have a subject? And I thought, mm. no, you know what I have? Mm. And I also thought, you know, we paid so much money to hire this professional to come to, in and, and do the song for hire us. Guy we we yeah. might as well we might as well use him. Yeah, sure. Oh. That's funk for you. Whoa. <laughs> well, Lord, we love you, baby. Whoa. <laughs> I feel like I need some Dramamine. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's making me seasick. Guys, guys, signature move is being is like putting the microphone in a plastic bag and putting in the in the toilet tank, (laughs) recording, and then walking about two blocks away and singing. That's That's what we did it, baby, back in the day. So yeah, I, I have a, a loathe to love. And it's it, I don't know if guys or if, if your George original intention was loathe to love to just be about music. Mm. But guess what? Doesn't have to be. Mine is not. Love it. <laughs> I'm gonna talk about things that I used to loathe and now love foods. Foods. Like as a kid I, I went, ew, get that away from me. And now I'm like, what the fuck was my problem? More broccoli, please. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> So I and I want to get yours too. Sure. And oh, and, and, right. and A dogs. So mm. so I, I I don't know. I could get, I kind of came up with a breakfast, lunch, and dinner and snack. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could we could all do breakfast and then I'll do lunch, or I can just give you all of mine and maybe that'll give you guys time to think of some. What do yeah. you What do you think? Give us all yours. Okay. Yeah. Well, so uh, for breakfast, here's something that I just never was into as a kid, and and you put it in your mouth and you go, "Why did I do that?" <laughs> a little something called cottage cheese. Yeah. I still feel that way. Yeah, I know. I feel like this is going to crash and burn when we get to George, because it was always chicken fingers and macaroni and cheese, Five and year it old still boy. is. Five-year-old yeah. boy. Yeah. So anyway, we'll get to you in a minute. Okay, yeah. And then, uh, so ca- so as, or as my Sicilian grandmother would say, cod cheese. Cod cheese. Cod cheese. Cod cheese. Cod cheese. Yeah. Um, but cottage cheese now, man. I mean, and by the way, let's discuss cottage cheese if you guys have opinions on it. But let, mm. but my my favorite thing to do with with cod cheese these days mm. is plain wheat toast with just yeah. some cod cheese on top. Yeah, go to town. Just let it go. Yeah, 
It's like yeah. avocado cho- <laughs> avocado toast, but cut cheese toast. Cut You're cheese, living yeah. your life at like 90 miles an hour, baby. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. It's, you'll, you'll be teeth left in your head. Yeah. <laughs> George and I were coming up with a new a new offshoot podcast. It's called Fry in the Fast Lane. <laughs> and so that's going to be the, the first subject is like. It's going to be on for the Joel Hole. <laughs> called Fry in the Fast da- Lane. Damon's Wild Life in the Fast Lane. This is cod cheese on toast. <laughs> The wheat, nice dry wheat toast. Nice dry. It really is. Out. You had a Melba or? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now that we've had okay. our breakfast, let's move on, move to, on lunch. to lunch. Damon's loathes to love you lunch. Here's something that was really friggin' weird mm-hmm. as a kid. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly as, as an adult, it be, it's a revelation. A goddamn egg salad sandwich. Mm. It was weird. Like, first it was called egg salad. That was already an odd thing to be for a kid to have to like kind of mentally sound process. Right together. Yeah. Sound right together. <laughs> and then it just, it was just like, can I just have like a bologna sandwich or something? I don't want to, I don't know what you're doing here, mom, but I don't want any part of it. But now that I've had good egg salad sandwiches, especially if you go to a good diner or something and they can make up a, oh. With a deli. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all into that. Okay. So, moving into dinner now, I'm planning our whole menu. Mm. And I think this came from, I don't know if this was just my mom. I, I suspect it was all of society who didn't really know what to do with back then. Spaghetti squash. What is that? It's a, it's a squash <laughs> that you, it, it kind of shreds into like, uh, it almost looks like, it's not spaghetti noodles necessarily, mm. but it's kind of, shre- it ends up okay. being shredded like, like noodles oh, okay. kind of. Yeah. But it's a squash. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Eric, did you ever eat that when you were a kid? Uh, no, no. Do you, have you eaten it as an adult? Yeah, I know about it. I'm aware of it. <laughs> I like it. I, I like it. Yeah. He, he, he heard tell someone talking about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they kept it from me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Some hippies next door were talking yeah. about it. <laughs> Aaron shut Sean, his next door neighbor, Sean. Sean okay. Yeah. Uh, th- th- Aaron shut that down quick. But anyway, so no, spaghetti sauce squash back then was just basically people treated it like spaghetti mm-hmm. so then you would just you know mom would just like pour some ragu on it or something and off you go You're right. and it was shitty cuz right. you know yeah. and i and as an adult there's a there's a couple places i i go to where they have the a whole deal with it you know and and they've got this really cool spices and and it's super fresh and the way they mix it it's all just kind of i don't know i describe it really, and whatnot yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really good and and they figured it out and a friend's wife also had us over for dinner once and she made this killer spaghetti squash and also by the way if you're if you're looking to not eat the, all the carbs that are in pasta yeah spaghetti squash is a great alternative yeah, I was just going to say that, that this sounds like a great diet. <laughs> I can get back down to show weight with <laughs> so this. Get the show pants back So let's on. go back. On. So breakfast is what? It's uh, cod cheese. Cod on, cheese on, on one white. That's nothing. Yeah. Lunch is? Egg salad sandwich. It's a little bit of calories, you know. Yeah. Okay. And then you Maybe have, you have the, half. Maybe split it with someone. Right. And then you get the pasta. for That's, that's just a weight loss program right, right there. Right. Why do you think I have this girlish figure? Right. Why? <laughs> <laughs> and the snack now some people are gonna if you're looking for like chips or cookies or something that's not where i'm going with this this is something where uh i could not i couldn't even gag this down when i was a kid and now i eat these regularly mm-hmm. bananas oh really yeah that's some five-year-old boy shit right there what, <laughs> didn't what? like bananas yeah who doesn't like bananas i know i mean you're 90... did you like bananas as a kid yeah you're 98 percent ape how do you not like it come on <laughs> <man>. what... <laughs> So yeah, the, the, there's there's my uh, my daily intake of of yummy foods. Uh, so interesting. What do you guys have, uh, Aaron? Do you have any any breakfast, lunch, dinner, or snacks for us of loath to love? 
Um, <laughs> things that I, I mean, things that I hated before remain squarely, uh, uh, in the, in the, in the hate it file, whether it be, uh, you're an avocado, uh, detractor. Yeah. Me avocados too. and mushrooms yeah. are on, are no dice. Nice try. How, how are you on olives, Aaron? I like them fine. Okay. I like them fine. I like olives. I, I, I squarely like them. Um, and some things I like if you cook them, but not raw. And that would be like cauliflower and broccoli. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like sea urchin, and I still don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's Sandy mayonnaise, you know. It's not. It's not. <laughs> Who was my it, manager that in was, the sixties? Yeah. <laughs> Ripped you the fuck off. Yeah. Uh, he. Uh, uh, yeah, I still. I still can't deal with it. And you know, you could put five grand in my hand and say, "Yo, if you." You can keep this if you can put down half of an avocado and keep it there. And it just wouldn't work out, man. It wouldn't and you're, work you're out. You're anti guacamole as well. well. Yeah. Yeah. See, I will eat guacamole, but I will not yeah. eat avocados. See, yeah. yeah, Aaron, I could get, I could see how, like, that's a, absurd. A fresh avocado. I know. Yeah. I'm absurd. I know. That's a, yeah. No, I can't. Uh, I have a hard line on that, but frankly, everything else is is uh, I'm I'm down to try and into it, and uh, I enjoy the experience. I tend to, you know, I, but I don't have I've never I don't have anything that like I turned a corner on. Frankly, where I went, fuck, I used to really not be able to deal with it. Like I know, growing up with Damon, that tomatoes were on that list. I, I was preparing myself for you to say that you had now like I'm, tomatoes. I'm like you with avocados. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's hmm. tomatoes remain my arch enemy. An right. Italian who doesn't like to a Sicilian yeah. Yeah. who doesn't but like, like that's tomatoes. A raw tomato like a sauce is a different program entirely. But if it's just a raw tomato, it really only in their yeah in their fresh raw form, I can't eat them. But you agree. know, I'm agree on sun dried or tomato juice or salsa or you know spaghetti sauce or whatever. I'm 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 on board. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I don't have any. I, I can't really participate in this other than to say that I, I remain staunch on the things that I thought were <laughs> garbage before. Still on the garbage train more for everyone else though you know hmm. enjoy the fucking guacamole baby <laughs> avocados are you know i have an avocado tree at my house and we, we sell them give them away whatever yeah. people love them um i guess it's my turn now yeah i you know with as you know we've experienced here it, at the getmo hq when we have lunch mm-hmm. um you know my five-year-old boy tastes which largely have stayed the same um the one thing i did turn the corner on that's the weirdest thing so i'll mention it is uh, just salad I wouldn't, when I was a kid up until, into my 20s, just didn't, and I think really it was the dressing, I felt dressing was weird, so mm-hmm. why eat it, but, because salad really doesn't taste like much of anything, Right. but I would not eat a salad, like salad was, nope, no salads, get that away from me, I don't want a salad, nope, none of it, mm-hmm. and then suddenly, you know, like, whatever, when I was maybe 20 something, I'm like, oh, Italian dressing's not so bad, so then I could have salad, but I always thought that was very unreasonable of me. Not to eat salad. What kind of asshole doesn't eat salad? <laughs> right. Like, what? Like it's, you want to say, yeah, sure. Everybody wants a salad sure. before dinner. Not me. <laughs> Where did you stand as a kid with your very, you know, specialized taste on mm-hmm. just vegetables in general? Like, say, you know. Oh, I was okay on that. Really, I, I like carrots like a lot. peas or whatever if it oh, came with the. That's fine. Don't like onions or avocado. But, yeah, yeah. I, w- I was fine with, with vegetables. Okay. I'm a. I'm a. Uh, a, a dis pescatarian, a non. I, I will not eat any fish. Okay, just because you don't have, like it, and won't. 
Yeah. Won't eat any fish because I had fish as pets growing up and still do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you wouldn't eat your dog's face, would you? No. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I don't, I did not, I've never turned a corner on that, which is odd for an adult not yeah. to at least have salmon or something. Or, but yeah, salad was the, probably the weirdest thing that I wouldn't eat hmm. as a boy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my fascinating story, everybody. Yeah. He has little known fact. George White didn't eat salad until he was 26. <laughs> our, people, they, our dude in the Netherlands is like, fuck, now I know. Okay, mark it down. Mark it down. Yeah. I know what the Gitmo bros eat, what they're, what they're not into. George White, no salad. There's a, there's a guy in Ecuador just throwing away a bunch of avocados he's going to send to us. He's just like, <laughs> what am I going to do with all of this? Mama, what do I do with you? <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. Yes. Why he's mama. Mama yeah. mia. Mama mia. What do I do with the avocados? I said, I said Ecuador, then I did an Italian accent. I'm all over the place with we these are. tomatoes, I'll tell you. Our, our, our palates are fucked up. Our geography's <laughs> fucked up. The whole thing. So, yeah, you guys you guys uh, are, you know, c- consistent, but also boring. Yes, we are kind of boring in this. Uh, yeah. I thought yeah, I was not nearly as exciting as the cottage cheese. Yeah, I, I know. I know. <laughs> on the wheat toast. Uh, cod cheese on a shingle, if you will. <laughs> Mr. Excitement. Well, the, here's the thing. All right, let's, let's flip the script then. We can yeah. go... Um, Love to loathe because mm-hmm. I'm gonna imagine there's a lot of shit we ate as kids that you I, you can't even put in your mouth now. Oh yeah, there's uh, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this, but like when, when you this was more in my 30s maybe where you like yeah you know we should try you know you maybe you're drinking one night you're like we should get Twinkies again those were delicious oh, yeah. and you put that in your mouth you're like oh my god <laughs> the fuck is this yeah. you've bought like four of them and you can't finish a half yeah and you used to eat you remember when you were a kid and you would eat like three at lunch right yeah the stuff that specifically that and there was uh, and even soda like uh, Coca Cola like if you haven't had one in a while yeah <laughs> you're like, yeah Jesus. straight up Coke or straight up any any Soda pop, as uh, Glenn Fry's calls it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just that high test shit is so gnarly. I, every year, I mean, I've gotten a little wiser now that I'm in my 50s. <laughs> but every year prior to my 50s, they would fool me into thinking that the, that Cadbury egg might be a good idea. Oh. <laughs> right, yes, right. I go, I go, fuck it. I'm probably making up how weird this is. I'm going to get into it, clonk, and then it gets me. And you go, oh, God. <laughs> it's absurd. Like, oh, no, something's happening inside of my face. Because you're also thinking, you know, like three decades have passed. Yeah, sure. You know, yeah, you know. Maybe they've just improved it. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's what I thought with Twinkies. <laughs> that fucking corn syrup come going out, and, it's, and it's, a, it's so disconcerting. And I know that it's going to happen each time. It's like... Yeah, anything no have, most anything having to do with candy, don't even get it near me. You know, mm. uh, like here's the thing. And also, I, I I'm going to say this is a pretty <laughs> valid theory, and someone could tell me I'm wrong. But if you try to eat a uh, say a Snickers bar, any candy bar that you liked as a kid, yeah. they're almost impossible to eat because they it's the, the, you can tell that the, the chocolate is not quality anymore. Yeah. It's the shittiest chocolate. Yeah. And they're kind. They're not. It's not. There's probably always been tons of preservatives, but it just doesn't taste like like a, a fresh candy bar anymore. It just always tastes like chemicals to me. I think you yeah. give a shit, and when you used to not give a shit, you know, when you just turned a you corner on. A yeah. yeah, you now you just turned a corner on like caring, and you have taste, and you're you don't smoke. You haven't smoked in a long time, right? So your your taste buds are different than they used to be. <laughs> 
I wasn't like I didn't have a a Paul Mall with a with a Snickers bar when I was you know eight. Well, you're, it's a missed opportunity. Hey, get, get my Snickers in my give me a cutty Paul Malls, Paul Mall, and a fucking Ma, some Zagnut. I, I want my Viceroy's and my uh, and my, my my peanut butter cups. I the other thing I can't do, which on the same level as candy, is is uh, not I don't eat meat anymore. I haven't in like thirty five years, but mm-hmm. but. Just the idea of fast, like, because you know, you can go to McDonald's and still get fries, right? Yeah, but you can't eat fast food, is so fucking bad if you haven't eaten it's it. It's hard, it's so, it's <clears throat> so, it just tastes really weird. Um, as an adult, I don't know, I don't know how people continue to do it, <laughs> especially when anywhere you go these days, there's probably a great local burger place or something right. where you can, for an extra yeah. dollar, you get quality food <laughs> as opposed to people just like lying around. Del Taco or something, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, an, I'm not an addict with that, but <clears throat> I would say every every once in a while, uh, Jen, my wife, likes Taco Bell a lot, or we'll talk about Carl's Jr. And now, and maybe in the last ten years, I'll, I'll check myself and go, it "Sounds good," and then I'll go, "I know it's going to be bad. I know. <laughs> I think I'm thinking it's going to my head. It's going to be great, and it's not." And now I'm not. I'm like, "No, we're not going to go there." We're not yeah, it's the wisdom you, of your years. You're what right, are you, it is. Sixty-four, sixty. Three or four right now, so yeah, round sixty-three. Yeah, round sixty-three years old. About 63 three and a half. Yeah, with the Melba toast and the cut cheese. And- yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, you yeah. were a teenager when JFK was blown away. I was, I was JFK blown away. I was fourteen. <laughs> you were on the knoll, right? <laughs> I was just a guy taking pictures. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. The uh, guy's an assy knoll over here. There's, I forget how, I forget, uh, <laughs> I forget how long ago. You're right about that, Damien. We had I hadn't been to KFC specifically in a long time. And and we got it for some production I was on and the PAs brought it. And you keep thinking like every if oh the chicken's horrible. Okay, but the biscuits, they were good. And everything right. to and even mashed potatoes. Like how, <laughs> well, how do you fuck how up do you mashed fuck potatoes? That up? I can it's tell the you. Cadbury egg of, of, yeah. of yeah. venues because you go, surely it's not as bad as I oh it's worse. <laughs> no, it's oh, my just sweet so Lord. salty. It's so yeah. that's what it is. Like the potatoes are just covered in salt yeah. and you're like yeah. <laughs> you used to eat that stuff like a crazy person like yeah well yeah i i should have just flipped this from the beginning because obviously my cod cheese you know hot hot talk didn't really didn't really cut it here so because we, we could talk about fast food all day we could we could all we could do you're really do. gonna see the uh the uh social media light up on hot cod cheese talk yeah look you don't know spiking yeah. right you now you just don't know speak. you just yeah. don't know all right. Well, look, they're not all winners. Yeah. Look, you tried. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to cut together. Yeah. It's going it to cut together. Right. By cutting together, you mean cutting out completely. Yeah. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah. All right. Well, look, I, I took uh, Guy provided us with this with this, you know, kind of great <laughs> little concept. And I just I just fucking threw it out the window. Oh, no. What can well, I say? Look, I, look I, I, here, here's the deal. I think that anything that provides insight to our listeners on uh, where we're coming from, you know, this this what you've said today gives us fuel to some of the points that you make uh, uh, musically. And, and, and each of us are the same. So, you know, we're providing insight into our souls, our very souls. Yeah, and our upbringings. <laughs> and our upbringings. Yeah. Yep. Don't, yeah. Okay. All right, so I guess what I'm saying is uh, eat more spaghetti squash. Thank you. So do you have your answer? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, but we'll do it anyway. I have my answer. I have my answer.
My answer is I'm never doing another Loath to Love ever again. All right. So, I, you know, that's over with Kibitz Corner, Loath to Love. And uh, I guess we would now take me by my ear and pull me down. Yeah, right down in it. To this little place that we like to call oh, Torture Chamber. Okay. I'm not going to bullshit you, okay? I don't really give a good fuck what you know or don't know. But I'm going to torture you anyway. Suffering. Oh, yeah. Wow! Anguish. Does anyone remember <clears throat> laughter, first of all? And second, mm. what was last episode was episode 23. Mm-hmm. Does anyone remember what songs we did? I believe that I, I, I brought up I Can't Dance. Yeah, that was Genesis, and it was... Um, um, we were torturing Aaron. Aaron, right? Yeah. And I forget Genesis your... And, uh, and I forget what and Stevie Wonder, Damon, you went second. Oh, don't drive drunk. Oh, don't drive drunk. That was a good one. Yeah, Damon went second. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so George went first, which then that means you go first. Then yes. I go first. Yes, I think so. Fine, fine, well, fine. I'll do it. We, I'm glad we sorted that out. And it all made sense. Plus, we got to review past shows. It's good for the new listener. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, they did. Don't drive drunk. I got to go back and listen. I, I normally, I typically start in number twenty-four with every pod I find. <laughs> this and the cottage cheese. Oh my <laughs> goodness! <laughs> Fuck! Bookmark the shit out of this. Smash KFC that like talk. button. <laughs> you know, I usually don't tell my friends, but in this case, I'm gonna. All right, so here we go. We got an Aaron torture coming up. I'm gonna play it and Woo! see how it goes. <laughs> Song is exhausting. Oh my god. Oh, good. Oh, oh boy. I'm already. Come on. <laughs> a lyrics video. Right back yeah, to buns. Yeah, you're going to want them. You're going to want these lyrics, baby. Oh, you are. Nice buns. <laughs> just like, it's it's so exhausting. I can't think of a better word for it. And just, it's, it's oh, exhausting yeah. to the ear. It's exhausting to listen to them scream at you for. <laughs> A good four minutes. So let's do it. Let's get. Oh right, yeah. I'm thinking of those choruses where it's all the group vocals. Oh yeah, and we're right back. Shouting and the drums are shouting and everything is shouting. (laughs) Is this a Um, Mutt Lang production? No, 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 it's it's, uh, Bruce Fairbairn and and Desmond again, isn't it? As a writer, yeah, yeah. This is this is them trying to. Well, let's tell our listeners. They did. They did plenty of. They did plenty. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. it. It's Bon Jovi. It's Bad Medicine medicine from the album New Jersey. The follow up to Slippery When Wet. Let's hear it, baby. Right into the chorus too. Right just straight in, straight into the chorus. At your face. Imagine like you're like just you're asleep. And all of a sudden you're like you're like you're like oh, wake up and then just screaming. Your love is black. <laughs> Fucking John Bon Jovi and Tico Torres screaming. And Richie and Dave. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Oh God! I'm yeah, standing just, over you in fringe jackets over your yeah. bed, yelling at you. Right. It's so <laughs> absurdly loud and just mastered to the fucking nth degree. And oh, like awesome. again, we get back to people's ears must have just been rotted out by by coke and pills and <laughs> and steroids. Uh, 
I just, just, just rotted out from, from within. And so they're screaming at you. Uh, and this is a band who at this time is full of anxiety and feeling yeah. some desperation, which is interesting considering that Slippery When Wet just like changed the face of music in its hugeness. It sold, that record sold 12 million yeah. in America. And so this was coming on the heels directly of that record and the two years they spent on the road and they took a short while off like a month (laughs) and then got right back to this so this is an exhausted and anxiety ridden band at this time and so they immediately smartly was like called up fucking some writers uh diane warren and and this woman holly something or other holly knight Yes. yes. Thank you, George. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and so, you know, d- they're no dummies. And, and, they, and this is the first single off the record, New Jersey. And this is them. This is a record where they're trying to be a bit more serious. Uh, yes. And all the songs are longer. All the songs are. <laughs> yeah. And looking you know, at this one, it's at 542. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we've just heard the entire song pretty much. Like, <laughs> there are some verses. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into it. And, and, and funny, we were talking about Steven Tyler earlier because this is them right? really turning up the heat on, on this, a, a, an Aerosmith vibe to me. I mean, it doesn't sonically sound production wise, but what's happening in the song sounds like um, that sort of uh, post 1985 Aerosmith without any of the charm. Again, anybody who tries to do that always ends up free of charm. And this is just them just fucking yelling at you. And it sounds like they're up, like they're uptight, like they're fucking like they were on their last anxious nerve, you know, for some of it, I have some sympathy and, uh, but others like, but like not when you do this sonically, it's really embarrassing. So let's, let's spin it some more. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we've gotten to this lyric yet. Uh, but I'm just the the video the lyric video is up in front of me and I I'm looking at the line there ain't no doctor that can cure my disease right how many bad fucking, medicine how many oh, yeah <laughs> how many fucking times have we heard about the doctor you know being able to <laughs> solve your love bullshit Paul Stanley we told right. her we were doctors yeah <laughs> stage yeah, so like so the the point of this is that like so apparently what they tell people anyways is that so John was in a long term relationship and had been had been married, I think, at this point, to yeah. that same woman. And Richie, though, was running around being a coxman and, uh, you know, <laughs> as was Desmond Child in his way. And yeah, so right. they, they apparently they wrote this song about Richie's experience of just being sort of gal crazy and just can't get enough even when it, he knows it's bad for him. Uh, hence the title. But like, as you pointed out, Damon, they are working with some very tired cliches um, and, and that just keeps on keeping on with the dopey, out of breath, anxiety ridden, <laughs> uh, screaming at the very top of his register. And the song doesn't do any key changes because it would be dangerous. <laughs> A doctor advised them not to. Yeah, yeah you, that same doctor. Yeah. And, and, uh, but they just, <laughs> let's fucking do it. It sounds, it hurts me. <laughs> Yeah. Imagine having to perform this. Think of yourself. I ask all of our listeners, even if you've never sang before, imagine having to do what they're asking John Bon Jovi to do in this song. And he's doing it. Let's yeah, hear yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But this is the type of song where he he points the microphone to the audience, right? Well, yeah. Even yeah, back then, to, like he yeah. would just go, let the, I'm singing it because I can't. It makes hit good those sense. Notes. It makes yeah. medical yeah. sense to let the crowd. <laughs> the old it. Vince Neil. Yeah. 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 It's lazy medicine. 
Yeah. <laughs> Let's hear some. Like, I don't know, live you can't change the key or something? Let's like, hear it, it has to be in the same key? Anyway. The fans demand it. Yeah. Oh God! <laughs> Bad medicine. This is another song. Like that I would like to show some appreciation to Bon Jovi, the band, for starting off with this chorus. So I knew right away to turn it off. Yes, right. You so would have, yeah. I've never. I don't think I've ever heard that guy, whoever that was, go. Bad medicine. It's probably someone just turned like turned. You know what? You'd slow the speed down. It's probably right. John, and he slowed the speed down. Fair enough. Whoever yeah. it is, maybe they he invited like, a hobo. A Vancouver hobo in. <laughs> right, it's up in the Clear Mountain Studios or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah in Vancouver, yeah, right. right. Great strip clubs right next door. So everyone went up there. Yeah, right. This is uh, engineered yeah. uh, engineered by Bob Rock. Uh, right, oh yeah. And so it's all the all the heavy hitters. The only person who's not around is, is, uh, is uh, Mutt Lang. But yeah. Uh, yeah, and so it sounds fucking huge as fuck, and, but it's like, it's absurd and reverby and... They're just so – the missive was it's got to be stadium. It's got to be huge. It's got to be da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then it just sounds – ends up sounding sort of blown out. And I will admit to you, as much shit as I talk about the Joves, it's truly for me where I come from and my feelings about him is his, his absence of gratitude and his strange self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And that's my perception of him. And it is perhaps unfair. But <laughs> – but nevertheless, that's where I'm coming from with it. And so I, I do not begrudge him the slippery when wet songs. I do not begrudge him pop rock. I fucking love pop rock. I do. I fucking do. And I, I can appreciate the craft. But there is charm to me on that on that slippery when wet record. And there's an absence of it entirely here. Mm. Um, and, you know, I know Damon doesn't have any time for it. But when I rip this dude apart, it's it's. I I'm, I'm coming from a different place where like I actually am frustrated by it because some of it I like, but I dislike him so much. And so when I hear this, I'm like, oh my god, all of his all of his anxieties and all of his strange chips on his shoulder really are screaming to me in uh, in the spotlight for this song. And I don't really know why, but boy, does it feel like this is big, bright, and shiny, and full of anxiety. Well, maybe subconsciously he needed a doctor. <laughs> yeah. you know, I think he, they needed maybe, a fucking yeah, rest. They, they needed did. a vacation. For sure, and, they did. And they ju- and they just fell in. So many bands, so many bands should have fucking taken a minute. Fucking take a minute. You know, I, I you imagine don't want to go that. Away, though. Yeah, you know, go you, away. yeah. There's too much again. That's yeah. coming from fear. You know, yeah. and I. Oh, yeah. Who can say if it would have been true or not if a band had taken a break? I think about that with the police. I think about that with a lot of bands that I love. And, you know, what they were asked to do between these two records uh, and then after this one is just absurd. But the feeling, I guess, at the time is you're young. Yeah. Go out and do it. But it's real hard. And it, and it makes for this charmless record. And this record sold an ass ton, but was considered less than because it didn't, it wasn't the giant that no. the other would be a giant no. for anyone else. Sold 7 million here. Just here. Ain't 12. <laughs> Fucking huge. But it's not that, you know, it's like, can you imagine? No. Like no wonder he's got a chip. He's like, "Are you joking? <laughs> that's that's less than are you? That's absurd." But 
Hey, it is. What are you going to do? You play that game. That's what's going to happen. You have to live by those numbers. Mm. But like this record, this record sounds absurd to me. And I, and I, I, I I love a fucking huge drums. I love effects. I love, it's okay when it sounds fake to me sometimes, but like these gang vocals have none of what Def Leppard has when they do the same kind of thing. This sounds like a bunch of chooches from the neighborhood and, and everything is just reverbed out. It doesn't seem like there's the finesse. Well, and Def Leppard did take a year to make a record. <laughs> well, they took longer than that. They yeah, took, right, yeah. A couple of years They sometimes. took like three or four years yeah, for right. hysteria. Wait, for Mutt, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, look, it is what it is. Uh, well, but, so going, going big is fine sometimes. Yeah. It's just sort of like once they realize that like, hey, these, you know, dumb fatzos are going <laughs> to, they, they love big gulps. Let's make a double gulp. Right. And so like it's, it's at oh. one point, it's like the, the gulp is too big. You know, right. this yeah. is the musical equivalent of a of, of a, a double big gulp. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. So it was suicide in it, meaning a Slurpee that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's half cherry and half gulp. <laughs> yeah. suicide. suicide. A suicide isn't that. A suicide isn't is it? every soda. Oh, I, I used to think it was every Slurpee for us, which was only two, which was cherry and Coke. <laughs> that's absurd. We're both from the valley at that period. Come on, that's not what happened. You're okay, well, that's wrong. that's what we called it. <laughs> Um, let's let's, let's ask about, buns. <laughs> the other thing about this is, which is funny to me, is that they named this record New Jersey in a way that John Bon Jovi's always had this weird sort of "we're the band of the people" mentality. Heavy we are not a Sunset Springsteen. Strip band. Yeah, we're not a yeah, Sunset yeah. Strip band. We're different yeah. from that. And so, naming this the the band made me the album New Jersey was one of those flags. And the other thing, though, is that they they very cornily the video for this is a live video surprise surprise yeah and it starts with a line of people going in and the security guard for some reason it's a staged obviously the security guard for some reason asked the line if they have any questions and from the line comes sam kinnison mm-hmm. um for this super funny bit telling about like we're gonna do a different better video we're gonna get some cameras and we're gonna go in and do it sort of promoting the idea that they're like the proletariat <laughs> they're like the band of the people and we're not gonna, we're going to make an underground video but the video is just as sharp and just as snappy as anything else that would be on MTV at the time so it's just this big sort of lie and glad hand and hypocritical sort of vibe but it comes and it all sort of goes back to what i imagine is Jim John Bon Jovi's heart <laughs> where it's just like cold <laughs> it's just yeah it, it fucking frankly feels that way it feels sort of cold and calculating and depressive mm. i don't know how to explain it any more than this but like all the moves feel that way and look we've talked about like what an incredible career he had long after this and continues now he's having a lot of vocal trouble right now yeah yes. um but you know i don't even want to touch that because i just you know that's sad yeah. to me but at this time, this was what was going on, and it just seemed like it was sort of rotten, and it wrought a lot of other rotten material from a lot of other uh, maybe quality bands. It's but. it's disingenuous for him to, or them. I don't know who is making this claim that they're the that they're the people's band, but all their moves, their look, <laughs> but the, everything about them just looked like poison. You know, and and don't you know you don't have to. <laughs> I get it if you're a fan of the music, you to can you, you can. You. Yes, but right to here. most people, you you look, look Probably, it's yeah. like a bunch of guy with poofy hair, and they all have spandex on, and they're all smirking at the camera, and uh, the camera's going across the sound stage, and they're all goofing around. It's all the same assholes. Right. So uh, you know, it's disingenuous to say like we're this gritty people's band and like you you said jokingly before, like the 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 heavy metal Bruce Springsteen. But yeah, that's what. 
he we all knew bruce was from new jersey but he didn't call his albums new jersey like <laughs> so fuck it, he's so lame uh so um let's hear a little all right and i will tell you a story about this <laughs> okay about this song or no, specifically or aaron, aaron gave me the perfect lead in okay because I'll just tell you in that who, who you know who was at this video shoot me. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, I'll tell you about it. Go play a little up, so the fans can hear okay. this great verse. <laughs> George is there and he didn't put a stop to it. <laughs> I did. I'm disappointed. <laughs> I tried. All right, here we go. It's a one four five. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that. I've never gotten this far into the song. Yeah, yeah. Watch out. Watch. Watch what happens with the song craft here. Yes, yeah. and, right. and again, listen to the dangerous things that they're asking John's range to deal with. <laughs> is going on this boy's shouting. addicted and your kiss is the drug is what's going on friend <sighs> who thought this was a good idea desmond child I, and yes, everybody yeah. else in the room oh yeah they're all guilty they're um, just screaming at like i i remember feeling like at the time this is a wait this is a bit much this <laughs> just seems yeah, like they're, a, just, they're yelling at me. I, I don't know what the you had a lot more tolerance for for bad. The same way you had more tolerance for like ca- bad candy and bad fast food when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. You had a, you had more tolerance for bad music, but yet even this was bumping us back then. We were just like, yeah, wait, like wait, whoa, what are they saying? What's going yeah. on? <laughs> Why are they yelling at me? This what did even I do? bumped me. This even bumped me. Is this going to lead some us? Other, I like some other songs on this record. Is this going to lead us into your story about yes, being at the video? Yes. So, okay. uh, so what happens with this video is I think it's the sports arena, but they announce, "Hey, we're going to make a fan video. Everybody, come down." At the time, my friend and I, Russ, my friend and I have we have a super, not a super eight, a high eight camera. And we're like, "Oh, we'll, we're good at this. We'll go and we'll stand in line and we'll get in and everything." And so we go to the sports arena and the bands there. And there's, like Aaron said, there's there's a traditional camera set up too. There's pros there, whoever directed this. And of course, what happens is um, who gets on stage to shoot John? Is it any, or is it any men at all? No, no it's every hot girl. They yeah. just pick every hot girl out of that line. And I didn't, obviously, shot the Sam Kennison some other time. Um, but we stood in line and all that. And so every hot girl, and it turns into cameras shooting girls with cameras around john yeah so we don't get anywhere near the stage and it's just stupid and they run this song which no one had heard at the time a hundred times they oh, run it a hundred oh times my God. torture with, and they're and it's out of this they're not playing it's out of the thing you yeah. know and even then i was like god this is wow this is not i, don't, I do not like this song and i liked the slippery been wet and you know all that yeah, you, even, the, the fact that you thought it was a good idea to go i know well, it's, yeah. you are the one you are the one it should be for and you were and you were bummed out and you know yeah probably almost immediately i was because we're I, as soon as like i'm looking at stage and i'm like you know in the loge and there wasn't the, the sports arena isn't full but it's pretty you know there's ten thousand people i don't know whatever i'm any half full and i'm like Oh, we're not getting up. We're no way. And I, oh, those are all hot chicks. Oh, yeah. okay. 
This was just a ruse to get us. They're not using our footage. We're not. They're not going to go. Hey, who shot this stuff? Russ and George are brilliant. Hey, any dudes out there? Any dudes up in the loge? (laughs) Let's bring some dudes from the loge down here. Yeah, it just. Everybody stop until the the loge dudes come down. (laughs) They're coming down with their with their high eight cameras, and they're going to get some good footage. I'll tell you. Just Uh, no. no. Who's their manager? Doc. Doc McGee. Doc McGee. Doc McGee's Motley Cruz. Yeah. And yeah. Were you liquored up? At least, did you? Have I, I, any, like... I don't think we were. I don't remember being liquored up. No, we wanted to stay straight because we thought we were gonna. Right. You know, we'll have the best. We'll have the best footage. No problem. We know because we shot video then, and I was doing a character, right. and Russ was the director, and we thought, oh, we're we're on this. We're gonna. Yeah, George brought his real thinking. Doc McGee it, it, was gonna <laughs> exactly. Be, yes. Yes. Checking it out. Yep. I thought, <laughs> oh, this is how we'll do it, and you know, we'll get on, and it'll be great, and none of that happened at all. And so I was at Bad Medicine when they, yeah. and, and I, uh, and this record too, if I'm, so, so let me put on my, let me put on my know-it-all cap, Aaron. <laughs> um, if I, cause in my research for buns, for, um, for the young guns thing, um, I looked at the career and everything and my, my memory is that they actively tried to duplicate all the songs on Slippery When Wet. And this one is You Give Love a Bad Name. They were trying right, they had to have the analog even, for each one of those yes, songs, even right. in the same key, even in the same arrange, everything about it. They did the same. They're like in each one of them. There was a there, wanted dead or alive on on slippery when wet was um, I'll be there for you on this record, and living on a prayer had a counterpart, and they had they had all and they were trying to make part two, mm-hmm. and that's and Aaron's right. It came off as very disingenuous, and they were super tired and on the verge of breakup, which a few years later they were. Because Buns went off to do Young Guns mm-hmm. <clears throat> a few years later, and they couldn't. But it, it broke them. Like he's right. It was what? What did you say, Aaron? They were tired and angry, or what? Yeah, say? they were tired <laughs> and angry. I mean, they were yeah. just in each other's pockets forever. And yeah. I think that like John Bon Jovi apparently was running into a ton. That's why I mentioned steroids earlier. Is that like he yeah. had to take a ton yeah. for his voice? You can imagine. I mean, imagine yeah. a man whose range is not this range. Yeah. It is not this range. It's not the range of half of the slippery songs. Yeah. And you got to go out and you got to fucking do it on stage, you know? For two years. It was like a long tour, right? Yeah, dude. And like traveling and that just wears me out. And and everything, you're right. And then you do a song like this, which is even more irresponsible key-wise for your man. Right. Like, you, it shouldn't be done. I mean, because like, oh my God, it's just, it's so, it's upsetting to me uh, on that level. I just think about it and it hurts me to think about having to sing this. And then also there's the quality of the song. So it's like, it's not good for your soul even, you know, even if you're, if you are hitting the notes, it's a garbage song. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so your soul is, now. yeah, your soul yeah. is getting rotted out. I think they're closing with this now. Are and they his, really? It, yeah. His voice is nowhere near. Yeah. I mean, his voice, there's something wrong. Like yeah, he's seriously having with trouble. him. And he's 60 probably. Right. But yeah. like, there's yeah. also, there's something wrong with like his ears. I think something yeah. is, it's uncomfortable and it's yeah. sad. And I, I don't think that anybody should be asking him to do anything anymore. He just needs to have a nice life. And hey, <laughs> let's hear some more with that said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's make Damon listen to the four minutes remaining in this song. That's yeah. what you get for falling in love. <laughs> <laughs> Zays. It's not Z's. 
One of the things that probably upsets Damon the most about this song is, I will say, is the, whoa, shake it up just like bad medicine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that whoa, whoa, whoa is aggravating. Whoa, Whoa, shake it up. Yeah. It's completely soulless. they're screaming at you. And and, and there's typically, Georgie will know this better, but like when, um, when they do these gang vocals, any any band of this era, there was I think a handful of guys in the recording trade, and it would always seem to be like Jack Blades. I was um, going to say exactly that. Yep. Like Tommy Shaw, <laughs> yeah. high voice dudes yeah. that would get called. Uh, I think on um, on Doctor Feelgood, it's those two mm-hmm. and like some other dudes who just have those big high voices, and they just call in to get those gang vocals done mm-hmm. like that. Correct. Um, and 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 that is true about this uh, as well, um, you know. But this one is one of those one of those big gang vocals that just does. It sounds like a goddamn mess, yeah, an irresponsible mess. And it was a fucking huge song, but who cares? Like it, that's not that's not a reason to, that this sh- this doesn't apologize for that. It's yeah. exhausting, <laughs> <laughs> fucking exhausting. Feels like you're running a a, a fucking ten k. With a backpack full of fucking shit on you because it just smells the entire time too. <laughs> is is bad medicine. Yep. Tough going down on the nose. I'm unclear about that, that hook too. What was that? Bad, bad. Like this sort of this whiny nasally thing. Okay, at I, least George, I'm gonna give you credit for admitting that a you don't like the song now and b you didn't like it back then either. No, it, it sounded I want to yeah. know who these jagoffs are who st- who listen can listen to the song now and still like it. Like I could see you know you get a pass for me when you're a kid. We've talked about this before right. when you just don't have much discerning taste. But even if you're a Bon Jovi fan, even if you're a metal fan or a hard rock fan or a Sunset Strip fan, whatever. Is there any song that you realize it's just not a good song or do you have to love all of them all for the rest of your life? I don't get people like that. I'll bet yeah. you Bingo doesn't like this either. Bingo I, I don't is think a, he does. Bingo I, is a lover of, of, of things. Yeah, and I, yeah. I don't think he... Uh, from this record, I like uh, I'll Be There For You. That's the one I like. Mm-hmm. And the rest of them I don't like because they're all pale comparisons to Slippery When Wet, which mm-hmm. is magic. That record, there's... And it's... I don't want to hear Wanted Dead or Alive ever again <laughs> because it's been played so much, but that record has... That's the one. Aaron's right. Like, that's the... That's yeah. the gold they found. Yeah, the craft yeah. is yeah. great. The yeah. craft of doing what they're doing, mm-hmm. it's hard to do it better than that when your aim is to do that. I, I you know, I, I give it up. Right. For real, I give it up to the craft. Right. This and- is av- avoiding all of that or just believing that you need to do it. That's why I say there's anxiety in it because they're just making it louder. <laughs> <laughs> this one's one louder, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it just feels louder and more, more sauced up, more sauce on it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's 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 not pleasing to the ear in yeah. in terms of just like an arrangement, meaning that little that little section that just went by where they said bad bad medicine and the weird voices, right? That it just feels like it's it's kind of like crowbarred in there. Mm-hmm. Probably is, and it's not. It didn't. It, it's just a weird songwriting choice. It's a weird arrangement choice. Like at some point. The producer, someone said, get rid of that part. Just get, cut it out. It sucks. That part sucks. Let's just get well, the solo or whatever. Well, I think you need it because you're just being, it's a, it's a fucking, uh, uh, you know, a sock filled with sh- fucking shit that they're just beating you with and you need a moment. <laughs> and so they're just like, just stop the song for a second and then go back into the, the, the one, four, five, the beating. Yeah. But the beating <laughs> commence. 
<laughs> no! I like, I like hearing that you've, you've made two analogies of a backpack full of shit and now socks full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> What's next? Like a satchel or a... Yeah, <laughs> like a hobo bindle. A hobo, like a, 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 what do you Why call it? Why are you it? taking a, shit from one place a, to a the next? A carpet bagger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a carpet full of a dead body in there? No, it's shit. <laughs> from Bon Jovi. <laughs> Buns is shit. <laughs> All right. Let's All keep right. going with the bad medicine. Take your medicine. This is almost as bad as Wasp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like it was recorded by more professional people. Yes, but, it was. Yeah. But but apart from the that, songwriting is on wasp level. Yeah, it's, wasp, part, it's yeah. waspy. Yeah, if you will. Yeah, it's waspy. Yeah. Uh, wow, what a what a what a shot across the bow. You know that's what? Maybe you know, despite all the shit I talk, that's maybe the shittiest thing to say. <laughs> Thing no, ever. but I'm, I'm listening to the okay, stupid okay, one. Guys, I'm not blacky. I mean, okay, it's bad, but I'm not fucking blacky. Well, it's, it, look, <laughs> I'm listening to the stupid one, four, five. All these, like, one cliche lyric after another. Yeah. And and it's just, that's what that Wasp song was to me. It was just, like, stupidity in, in a and song. And telling you how they were going to party. And this one, they're talking about, uh, how about, uh, about being a low. Addicted to get being a low. Yeah. <laughs> and the nurse bringing the pill and all this stuff. And there's no armadillos in this one, I don't think. Not the video shoot I went to. There was no armadillos. The <laughs> well, there weren't there. They weren't there because, like, you double for the ASPCA, you and your fish, uh, your fishing game. Right. <laughs> You're looking out for all the animals, George. Yeah. Were any armadillos hurt in this video? Okay, how about these teenage girls? Were they were, That's why weren't they? they? You were on set and you made sure, I made sure. that didn't Me happen. Me Sam Kennison. Hi, I'm George White, wildlife advocate. <laughs> Out front. Bon Jovi George White, mean friend to, to the animals. Bon Jovi hurts eagles. I have a big sign. I'm out in front of the sports arena. Okay, <laughs> uh, give us more buns, baby. God damn it. More like non-dopey. Sounds like they're a group of angry mothers yelling at people to take out the trash. <laughs> they just get louder and louder. <laughs> That's what you got. And who thought that, that key change was a good idea in the middle of that section? <laughs> it's already going like, boy, you're really asking a lot. Oh, no. Oh, no. Ask a little more. If you go a little higher, John. Uh, I'm not so Roger bad. Taylor. <laughs> Gosh, it's so rough. And it sounds like it's breaking those dudes who have professional high voices, too. Yeah. It just sounds uncomfortable. <laughs> what do we got? A solo coming up after this? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Look, we're two minutes and 20 seconds in. Fine. Solo coming up, fine. I get it. It doesn't. What are they going to do? What are they going to do for three more minutes after that? It doesn't change. There's a long solo, yeah, and then course, there course is out. a yeah. Well, is a breakdown just like a snare drum. And- even worse is that there is a mm-hmm. fakey ending, which I'm super fine with us not touching because it's not. <laughs> it's 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 just that he goes. He goes. I'm not done. I'm not done. And you you are done. <laughs> 
Oh, like Drew's bon walking around the stage. I was going to say, I'm that's a Bruce, Spring it's a Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Walking of course the stage. it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, it's him. He's yeah. a man of the people, wants to keep on giving back long after, you know, he's earned the money that they paid him. He's like, no, 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 I'm going to give it back to the children. <laughs> they're giving a Knock cape. Off. They're getting a cape for James Brown, and he's not. He's coming back. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm all. I'm. I can. I can deal with the showbiz ending. I like. Ja- I like a Vegas thing. But do that for the live show, baby. Come on. I mean, we don't need. To and maybe you know, kind of hustle it in at around three and a half minutes. We don't have to. Yeah, go to don't 542. do it at five forty-two. Yeah, no, it's a. It's a shot in the nuts, dude. We're rolling around the corner to six minutes in this song. Let's give Richie his due here. Come on. <laughs> all right. This. This is probably going to be another disappointing. <laughs> You know, a reliable discourse. Yeah, reliable discourse first. So. <laughs> And he was so adamant about getting into the fucking Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Not that I put give that bullshit organization any credence, but but he 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 felt so as Aaron always says about it, he's so entitled to be in there. He knew he had to be in there. Oh, yeah, politic to get in. And, and this this shit is like this is the best you have to to, to qualify you to get. Yeah, into this the, is a strange brick to build an argument on for yeah. musical validity. <laughs> well, you know, and 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 worthwhile stuff. Uh, yeah, I just think about him whining and, and, and cornering Howard Stern to induct him right, and everything. Right, Howard right, talked yeah. about that a lot. Yeah, right. Yeah. And and basically wouldn't take no for an answer. He was probably so, he's like, I, if I can get Howard Stern and just like keep my head down and get to the actual ceremony before they change their mind and li- actually listen to my music. Well, and he lied to Howard. He told them that it was in New York and it was in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Howard hates leaving his house. Right, right yeah. Did you hear the story? He told it the other day. Oh, he told it again? Or yeah, it's a rerun? Yeah, no, it was a rerun. But he, oh, okay. He, yeah. uh, well, I heard it at the time, yeah. Yeah, where he, where he comes, where, where John he calls Howard and goes, hey, I need to talk to you about something, and Howard's trying to avoid him. And, and he comes to the studio or a restaurant where Howard is. and He gets, was coming out of a therapy session. A therapy session. And, and, and oh, gets in his limo. Yeah, Bon Jovi gets in his, his limo. And, and waits for him in the yeah. limo. And the driver goes, hey, John Bon Jovi's in the car. And Howard's like, oh, shit, he came here? Like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's Exhibit not a good look. Fucking He's a, ambitious. B, C, D. Yeah. He's very ambitious. Uh-huh. And the bad medicine, go! <laughs> Let's play doctor, baby. Don't don't say that. Do Let's not play. say... Let's play doctor, baby. Uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who would ever say anything corny in that way, in, in even in that vein of rock. You know, Even I mean, in the Paul just, Stanley stage reps. <laughs> yeah, like come on, yeah. it's so dumb. We're back <sighs> to this weird bridge or little, whatever you call little, it. Uh, yeah, the interlude. Little tag on the chorus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being assaulted. Yes, yeah, you are. It's, it's aggressive. It's so loud and like it's a can of bees. <laughs> yeah, and everything is recorded very sharply, and 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 it's there's no refuge in this song. There's no place to hide. It's a deluge. You're right. <laughs> the, dr- the drum, the snare drum sounds like, have you ever seen those big 
I don't know what you would call it. It's those, it's the big equipment truck that like slams into the pavement. Right, right, yeah, right. You know, yes. mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. that's what it sounds like. Yeah, you're right. It does sound like that. Which, by the way, I think that's they probably. I'm guessing back then you used to spend like you'd probably spend four days on that sound. Just and they probably we know those trucks. <laughs> this is what. <laughs> It's just an assault, like, and I, I fucking, I love a fucking loud ass drum, and it's just, it's absurd, dude. It's, it's really all, it's like bad. cartoon metal drums, right? Because really, yeah. what everyone was trying to achieve was John Bonham. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and and so they just kept piling on. It's like the way they would pile on uh, uh, effects on Paula Duell's voice. Yes, they were mm-hmm. just uh, keep piling effects on. Because <laughs> Paul Abdul was never going to sound like Aretha Franklin, and this, whoever this dickhead is playing Chico was never going to sound like Chico Torres. Who's never going to sound like uh, John Bonham? And they thought they were so cool. They were smirking through the videos and everything. That's that's what killed me They're the on most. Top was, of the world, man. I know. Dude, I saved you. I was going to send you the video just because I wanted to press home my point, but I just thought it was unfair. You might have got the I mean, CD it, in the loge. Yeah this this video is <laughs> this this song is yeah. so lousy that like. I don't need anything. I don't need any other support. <laughs> George, you see George in the video, like waving a VHS tape. Yeah, really? Like, hey, I, I got I, my reel. John, can I just? I, got... I thought that you might be able to use a, a, a professional. <laughs> what do those girls on stage have that George White doesn't have? I have a high eight camera here. <laughs> it's cutting edge Sony technology. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought that was a this was a professional shoot. <laughs> All right, continuing on with this solo, uh, we're right in the middle of it, or is it going on for like another? Oh, there's minutes? probably another sixty-four bars of this. Let's go. Jeepers. The breakdown. God, that's up. A, that's a, I knew this part was there, Damon. You know the part where you hit your head yeah. and you hit the snare with the other hand right. with your left, and you go. Of course, yeah. <laughs> that's that's Such that part. I knew that shit. part was in here. Right? Like a Tommy Lee move, maybe. I don't know that people were copying back then. Was were those real drums? Uh, yeah, he plays. I think he's he playing. Just, yeah, they just trick the shit out of him. Well, I mean, they're they're all sampled and everything, but yeah, they're real drums. Yeah, he's okay. yeah he's he's a pretty good drummer, wasn't he? In Frankie and the Knockouts or something, Aaron. There's a band Frankie called and Frankie, and the, Frankie and the Knockouts. Why would you ask me if? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you researched. I don't know. <laughs> you always do real good research. I thought you would have Frankie that. Frankie and the Knockouts. Let's take no. some more bad medicine, I guess. I want to hear this ending now. I forgot about that. Dude, it's like, it's more than two minutes away. Well, we, I, can, I we can skip up to it. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm responsible for choosing this, and I'm responsible for pulling the plug, too. Okay, so, like, okay. You're I right. don't want to be tortured this much. I don't even care if I win or not. <laughs> I'm regretting choosing it. Okay. <laughs> I'm just sorry that I did this. Yeah, this uh, this song is as bad, if not worse, than I remember. Meaning, I haven't listened to worst. it in hundred years. Were you aware of this even when you were yeah. twenty, whatever? Well, I I was always confused with this guy about what songs were on what albums because they all just yeah. seemed to co- right. sound exactly the same as, yeah. as as each other, and they all just kind of hit you one after the other. Yeah. And so, I, for all I knew, this was on the first album. I just right. uh, every time I turned around, there's a new fucking Bon Jovi song coming out. Well, there was no time betwixt them, like George and I were mentioning earlier. Yeah. That like they just it was just one long stream. He was in the from, wheel, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It just never stopped. And then the, the this album was called New Jersey, but then in the previous album it was characters from New Jersey, right? Like li- working on the docks. And well, yeah, all that, that. Well, that, that's living on a prayer. Yeah, 
And they tried to duplicate you that. You can see why someone like me would be confused oh, of by course all not. of this yeah. Oh, yeah. intermingling of concepts and stuff. Right. That was when this was the part, this, they were trying to duplicate that same, all those songs yeah, yeah, yeah. from that record. Right. There was four hit songs from that record, or three. But yeah. Anyway, they were trying to duplicate them. That was the whole plan. That's why they got Desmond. They got everybody back to, let's make this, you know, because probably, like Aaron said, they didn't have time and, you know, yeah. they, and were, they were tired and wanted to make a record. So here it is. I, the one thing that occurred to me, Aaron, thank you, that I've never thought of with this is that the, the, the true magic of, John, of Bon Jovi is Richie and John together singing and harmonizing. And that's really what the sound of Bon Jovi is. And like we talked about with uh, Young Guns, Richie wasn't on that, but it sounded like he was. And that's and that's their sound and what makes them good. And here, it's in there, but they're yelling so loud you can't hear it. You can hear Richie doubling the some of the lines, but they're just yelling. And it, it doesn't yeah. have the, the magic that the other one had because yeah, it's of just it. Too, it's because too of the yelling. Hopped up. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's, despite the fact that they go, that there's rises and falls in the arrangement, right. everything is so loud that there is no there is no dynamic. Right, yes. And it's so brutal when it kicks back in that you forget about the fact that there was even an attempt at dynamics. Right, and, the, and, and all the magic is gone. And <laughs> this, song, the, this song starts at Tsunami. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's That's not accurate. like they sort of build up into anything. It's just like out of the gate, they're assaulting you. Like he said, you're mm-hmm. sleeping, and then there's guys <laughs> yelling at you in fringe jackets. <laughs> so much fringe! You're sleeping. There's this guy's leaning over you, a lot of hair in fringe jackets, and they all kind of look Italian. <laughs> they smell like sort of like Marlboro Lights and 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 and, and Aquanet and a Vancouver strip club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like uh, stripper exactly. perfume. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what they smelled like. Yeah. <laughs> so Charlie. Charlie, so Charlie. Yeah. And it's here now, Charlie. <laughs> As, are, we're done, right? I'm fucking sure, done, dude. Be, of course we're done. Yeah, yeah I, it's, I, I got Fuck it. Fuck yeah. I'm done. Uh, you know, I'm kind of proud of us. We got through 323 of that song. Yeah, that's, so. that's a good three It's an quarter. assault. A song is an assault. It's it's uh, It should be pulled over uh, uh, and, 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 si- and given a citation. Yeah. It's like the KFC mashed potatoes. It's just assault. Uh, assault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, mm. I'm up next. Yep. What Time a drag, George. What an awful it, drag that song is. I'm I feel sorry. I feel bummed out now. <laughs> I would call my choice quirky. So let's see. Maybe it's good. Good. Some, I That's don't know. We'll step see. Step in the right direction. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. There we go. It's interesting, at least. All right. This is odd, you but here not, we go. You may not know this. All right. Here we go. <laughs> More great acting from whoever that is. Yeah, do, do, should we tell Aaron what this is, or uh, no, no. does he know? Or? I don't know. Let it go. I, let I it go. Let, it go. Right, let me go. figure it out. Let me figure out the pain. Okay. I saw, oh the, I saw the name of the this? song. Yeah. And <laughs> this and, happened. And it's, it's, it's not obviously not. CS. Who's doing this? It's, it, it's, it's Devo. <laughs> Is it oh, Devo? It's Devo? <laughs> it's Devo. Wow. Well, you know, yeah. look, I, I, I can appreciate What Devo. year? Uh, 2002. And there's a whole story to this. There's a 
pretty fairly long story. But were they interesting angry one. about Bush? Is that what they were doing? No, was this like uh, a protest song? Like so, they were uh, doing well, a protest song. The one guy was at Kent State. Right, that's the right. whole thing. Yeah, do you Mark, guys, Mother's do you, Bar. No, it's the yeah. other guys. Jerry Cassell. Oh, okay. Do you guys do you guys know this song? The story, Aaron, about what, about about, well, about this and about the him actual being, song. The story. No, no, the the story about about Jerry Cassell being at Kent State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the, yeah. do you know that whole thing? That's how mm-hmm. they thought vaguely, it'd be. but you can fill okay. it in. Yeah. So he's there, and two of the and two of the people that are killed are two of his friends. Like he's a few feet away from them when they get killed. Oh wow! At That's Kent State, Christy Hine, Christy Hine was there too, and and on that day, on that day, in that moment, right after that is when he is when the seeds of Devo begin. Like he says, well, I knew then that. That being because he was a hippie then he's like being a hippie was over, and he lost all faith of like we're not gonna there's gonna be no revolution there's no one's no one's evolving in society in fact we're going backwards we're devolving mm-hmm. and he that's where the whole philosophy for Devo was born on that day after this happened wow. and the weird part is they didn't um they didn't they never recorded this song until 2002 because this guy whose name's um. Kevin with the C, C E V I N, Kevin Soling, who's a documentarian filmmaker. And he has some pretty interesting, I haven't seen them, but they sound good. Like he has a whole documentary about the war on drugs and a whole documentary about the uh, education system in the United States. And, but he's also in a weird band called, I think it's called Neanderthal Sponge. And he, he and you guys are like this. He's pissed off. Like this sounds like a very Gitmo move. He's pissed off because um, Clapton has recorded the acoustic version of Layla. Oh yeah, and it makes him mad that he's so pissed off that he's done that, and it's become a hit and all that. And yeah. so then he um, decides as a response he's going to record he's going to record Quiet Riot's Metal Health as a joke <laughs> at Mellow. Yeah, and so he starts working on it, and he's like, "Fuck, this is pretty good. I don't know if I can. It's not funny. I wanted it to be funny. And yeah, make fun of and ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, you know, I'm going to call Kevin Dubrow." And he calls Kevin Dubrow, and Kevin Dubrow's like, fuck you, no. Then he hears the track, and he goes, shit, I got to be part of this. And if you get a chance, go listen to it. It's very good. <laughs> yeah. It's surprising. You're like, wow, this, you expected it to be awful. I thought I'd stumbled upon another torture song. I'm like, no. And anyway, so then in 2002, he decides to expand that idea because it went so well. And so he calls, and on this record, it's called When Pigs Fly. And he's admitting these are terrible matches of songs with bands. And he calls all these bands and like, it has like, you know, Don Ho doing, what's he doing? Like Don Ho doing, um, Peter doing Shock the Monkey. <laughs> and it's all crazy songs like that. And this was one of them. And he knew this was a personal story to the Devo guys, to Jerry. So he convinced them to do it. And in 2002, they made this whole record. And it's just, and I, and it's just such a odd, terrible choice. Okay. But that's so this the isn't, point. this isn't a Devo album. They no. just were part of this compilation. Yep. A- Aaron, mm-hmm. the, the album, it looks like it's called When Pigs Fly. Yeah. Songs you never thought you'd hear. Yeah. Right. So the whole concept of it is they're admitting that it's not a good idea. Yeah. So there's <laughs> something, so I wanted to play it for you guys because the story's interesting and I didn't know that about Devo, that that's how they started. I yeah. had no idea. And I'm not a big Devo fan, but that's something you would know. You're right. Yeah. You know, that you maybe had heard, but I, I never had. Well, dichotomy works sometimes. Like the like the the song "Hurt" done by uh, Johnny Cash right. is it, it has a whole new life when you listen to it as 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 him. There becomes this more sort of confessional right. Right. song as opposed to I'm I'm broken by life. You know, he did right. it to himself. So yeah, I mean, it can be interesting. 
I don't know if this is one of those times. Yeah, let's let's hear this because it's an odd. It, just the way it is is very odd. So let's yeah. hear some more. Lighthearted for <laughs> subject matter. For dead and no hype. You're like a penny whistle. Viper slap. Viper slap. What's that? What's that? The gi- the gira. The uh, that that whist there's that whistle thing that you spin around and goes <laughs> <laughs> the whistle from um from uh from running with the devil yeah <laughs> the hair dryer yeah, right. <laughs> all right <laughs> that is that the sound of the people dying I don't know it's <laughs> it's like the video game deaths. It's the end of Pac-Man when a Pac-Man <laughs> dies. They should have they should have sampled Three Stooges noises. Yeah, so they were they were known for doing really quirky covers. Well, they did Satisfaction. That's actually I really weird. That's the first record, or right around something there. like that. Yeah. They also did uh, Working in the Coal Mine. Do you remember that one? Oh yeah, that was, was a hit. It was good. Yeah, yeah. So this is was that a Johnny Cash song? What is that? Working in a coal mine, gonna get down. Um, it's it's some soul singer. Yeah, it's like yeah. the, it's like the, the, the meters, isn't it? Or uh, um, okay. I forgot that was a cover from down there. I forgot that was yeah. a cover. Yeah. I look like in the morning. <laughs> yep. This sort of reminds me of that period where Bowie was doing that jungle stuff. Uh, and it sort of reminds me of some of those songs on Earthling that he did. It's this kind of uh, electronic arrangements. Ultimately, don't have much soul as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, but uh, they're, they're know, laying it on it, thick here. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. sort of keying up on it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an odd song. <laughs> I love Devo. Uh, it just too. seems it's, like a yeah. silly for silly's sake. It seems it's and it's yeah. It's also weird that if they have an emotional attachment to the song, right. yeah. why why they're they're being so irreverent and goofy in it? You know? Yeah, I, right. There's nothing I don't know. goofy. It's years about. and years later, it's. 30 yeah. years yeah. later so I, I don't know but yeah it's a tribute to my dead friend woo 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 to, to woo. <laughs> this is how they would want it I think they're just pissed off at, and I'm not saying, I'm, I think I'm being serious. I think they're just, they're still annoyed with Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Just mad at the cross. <laughs> yeah. First of all, for his hair. You're right. 
But I mean, they're just like, <laughs> shut, because of the hippie thing where they're like, shut the fuck up, hippies. You know, maybe that's it. Like, I, they're they're mad at his hair, his mustache. Your and angry song is going to solve incident. this. So we're, we, you know, we have to stop. The rest of us have to stop being hippies and, and try something else because your shit isn't working. And that was the whole beginning. You're right. That's, yeah. that's his that's feeling what, on that day. Yeah. I think they're taking the shit out of the song. Oh, you think so? Okay. I, that's what yeah. it sounds like to me. Yeah. <laughs> Or the notion of like a, a, a sonic, how ultimately impotent the gesture is to write a the a protest song is very challenging up when you're up against actual guns and actual people getting murdered. Right. That's you know. He, yeah. Right. And so like the so if that is empty, if if that is an empty gesture, then shouldn't we take the piss out of that attempt? So I, I think maybe Damon is right about that. That's because it because it doesn't have any of the gravitas that Devo is very capable of. <laughs> you think that they have this personal experience with it? It's almost like they're so brokenhearted about it that we're we're just going to yell at the song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He convinced them, and they and they weren't sure about it, and they wanted to do something else. I'm they were not working sure about on, it. They were working on Itsy Bitsy Teeny Weeny Yellow Part. <laughs> they were working on that for yeah. their record, and they had made a record in a long time, and they were worried about how it would be perceived and. But this this guy talked them into it, so they, you know, and what's the other guy's name? Mothersbaugh? Mark Mothersbaugh. Yeah, he he was concerned about how this would be looked at, and, but they they yeah. did it. They're they're. Yeah. I think this is a big f you to to CSN. Could be. I don't know. Because they're probably thinking, um, as I recall from the, the from the Graham Nash autobiography or memoir, mm-hmm. yeah, that you know Crosby called him. You gotta, you gotta get down to the studio right now. Neil just wrote no, this song. They told the whole story. No, no, it's it, the, it's the other way. Cross, they just oddly, I found this on Howard Stern. Howard Stern's did a whole thing about that that song, mm-hmm. and he played this one, and I'd never heard it. I'm like, oh my god! And they were going like, this is Devo. This is what the hell? It's <laughs> oh, okay. terrible. And they and they had Crosby telling the whole story in the studio. He was in. They were up in Northern California. That's, that's what I was going to say. And he it, handed Neil a paper, like as if that's was his big contribution. Hey Neil, go into the woods and write this yeah. song. <laughs> Look what I did. And then they called Graham. They called in L.A. and said, "We're coming down. We got to record this right yeah. away." And it was out like two weeks after Kent State or right. something. Yeah. And it, it's a it's a nice story. Until you think about it from like the perspective of a guy who just watched his friends gun down, and, right? And mm-hmm. Neil Young's it is like Sausalito Ranch or something. It's where they were angry yeah, about something at a cabin, right? and then yeah. they all mm-hmm. you know get a snoot full of coke and head down to L.A. and <laughs> and, and record this song that the record company's paying for. Like I could see why younger guys are just like, shut the fuck up yeah. with your hippie bullshit because yeah. it's, it's it's not working. It doesn't work. Yeah. You know, pr- protest. It's like it's like Dan Hill writing that fucking song about BLM. It was just <laughs> cringy. The shit doesn't work anymore. Yeah. There's not. A, there's no one. No one's receptive to it. You know. <laughs> the hippie movement was over that day. Yep. At least for him. Is he spelling out Ohio? I think so, yeah. <laughs> they just don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. 
did you listen to any other songs on this album? I didn't. I wanted to. There's a lot of funny things. Like yeah. I said, Don Ho doing, and there's a whole story about him. Want, they wanted him to do the Prodigy, uh, Prodigy song, uh, whatever, Smack My Bitch Up. Yeah, yeah. And he had the last minute, he said, no, I can't do it. And, and there's a bunch of others. I forget. There's other crazy, I think Annie DeFranco does something. And there's a whole bunch of things on this record that could be interesting. I didn't listen to them, but I did hear the Metal Health and I was very surprised how good it was. <laughs> but that was Kevin Dubrow himself. And doing that was it. before. Yeah, that was before. In other words, like he didn't miss. It wasn't two artists mismatch. He was just doing his own song. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, they were trying to make fun of of Layla. <laughs> and there's probably a lot of confusion in the studio when the one guy spelled his name with a K and the other one spelled it with a C. Yeah, Steven and then or Kevin and yeah. Kevin. Right. You're right. Yeah. Probably hijinks <laughs> yeah, ensued. Right, right. <laughs> Which Kevin are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you want to stop, you can. But it's, Does it uh, just keep doing that for another minute? I think so, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I think Devo just is like, I don't give a fuck. I, I was thinking the opposite. I They, they never said this, but I, I thought that, that it was that they were, you know, some of them wanted to continue doing, I think uh, Mother's Spa wanted to continue doing Devo and the other guys maybe didn't. And they, and they were giving... You know, like you do in band politics, like this means something to Jerry. So they said, "We'll let, we'll do it just as a maybe we'll get back in the studio and can finish the record we're working on and get back into it and maybe this will be a catalyst for that." Mm-hmm. I think I think they did it as a concession for Jerry is what I think, mm-hmm. but maybe that's not. You you could be right too. Yeah, yeah. Bad idea. Bad idea. It's a bad idea. <laughs> just any way. It was just such a shockingly. But that's what's weird about it. And I just I wanted to play it because I want to see you guys thought because it's like they. It, they're, the pigs fly thing and the whole concept of this is they're kind of admitting this is a bad idea. It's yeah. the whole point of the thing and maybe you find some gems like he did with Metal Health, uh, but maybe not. The, the, problem, <laughs> the power of no, the power of no is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, prob- the, the other problem is like if you don't have the context of we're making fun of these songs by mismatching the artist right. who's yeah. covering it. Yeah. And you just hear this as like, oh, a Devo song. You go, what the fuck? Yeah, right. What a weird cover to even do. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And also the fact that they're um, taking the piss out of it. Which we think they are. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, right. You know. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. I, I just because then you're just left with the dichotomy of oh electronic act doing a acoustic song. anthem right, and yeah. so like therein lies how clever it is. Well, it, it's a bit more clever when you know the story, but if you don't know that, then it's just sort of dumb. Yeah, and that's a story that's not out there either. The story about him being at the. Did you know that, Aaron, or not? I knew it only. Yeah, I, I just read. I read about that. I didn't know he was standing Northern next Ohio. to the. No, I didn't know that Devo was born out of that day. That's what I found oh. incredible. That that's at that moment when he decided to give everything up and have a band called Devo. Yeah, <laughs> that's the whole thing that kicked it off for him was that. Right. Yeah, and I, the other thing part in my research, they uh, I'd never heard this either. They apparently they were it was I don't know if it's a cover band or what it was, but they were in a band with Chrissy. They were all there at the same time. And I thought, I'd like to hear that. Is yeah. that called Frankie and the Fuck Nuts? What they're called? And, and, and by the way, Chico Torres was in it. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a guy named Frankie who was not shot at Kent State. And he... <laughs> Interestingly, they did not invite Frankie into the band. They used his name, though. Just the knockouts. Uh, 
their their uh, first single. It it didn't. It bombed. It wasn't. It wasn't a hit. But it was written by Desmond Child. It was one of his early efforts first as a professional songwriter. Frankie and Knockouts did have a hit. I can't think what it was, but they did have a hit. I think <laughs> to look it up. But yeah. Okay. Well, that's that was pretty fucking bad because yes. because it was like deep i expect more from devo me too that's the you know thing. Yeah, everybody should yeah right <laughs> devo's fucking great and, they are, and yeah. totally worthwhile in every kind of way uh philo- philosophically uh their legacy is beautiful they deserve to they should be doing better than this in your memory is this one of the first times that we've we've actually had a band that we like as a torture Song? I don't know. That's a good. Yeah, I, I well, kind of, I kind of thought about that. Of like, I, I felt a little bad about this kiss, kind of. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, you put True. Sting on the table, and yeah, I, yeah you did. And, you you put know, Sting we on the Sting. table, and you love the police. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sting and the police are two different things, though. Yeah. I mean, anyway, so this is probably out of all those we just named, probably one of one of my. It's odd that this this band yeah. is a, is a torture band, but it is yeah, it is a torture song for sure. Yeah, because <laughs> I like the fact that if they were being honest about it, and they said, "Yeah, fuck." CSNY. They didn't. Yeah. I, I, if they'd said that, I would probably like it better because because yeah. I I feel like that's what they're doing mm-hmm. and they and they should just own it. Yeah. But if it was just them going, oh, he wants us to do a weird version of a song, then it just doesn't work at all. Right. You know. Yeah. And then it's just kind of like, well, you guys have done way better covers than this. this well, Aaron is, said you have to, if you don't know the context, well then yeah, you know, right, right. Yeah. So yeah, I mm-hmm. guess I have to make a decision. Yeah, make here. a decision between these two weird, awful, awful songs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's you know definitely a misfire from from Devo, but uh, you know bad medicine has been haunting me for for decades and apparently not going anywhere. And it's worse soon. than you thought. It's worse than I thought when George fucking thinks it's garbage. Yeah. And George wasted a day, yeah. and Doc yeah. McGee hurt his feelings because he wasn't a, a, a big booby woman. Yeah, I wasn't a big booby woman. I didn't get my reel looked at by Doc McGee. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to show my wares on MTV. I, I was thinking I'd see the video and be like, that's our shot right there. That's us. We took that shot. Oh, God. Did they have some way to like submit the videos you shot? No, no. When you walked in, they just they told everyone, we're taking your tapes after you. Oh. You know, yeah, we're taking right. the tapes. And, and we were gave, you allowed to put your name on it or something? I or? think. I can't remember. But, they, yeah. but you, you shot it and... You know, we were far away. You know, the girls were right next to him on the stage yeah, with right. him. Like, so it didn't, you know, it would, yeah. our shots were just going to be a wide shot of the stage. Like, right. There was no. And, and a half empty venue, <laughs> right. too. Yes, right. So it they're not going to want to use it anyway. No, this is stupid. They suckered us. They suckered us. They want to have a. They couldn't say hot girls only with cameras. Yeah. And I and it felt like even because also, it was, maybe this is sexist of me, but I when I saw the girls on stage, I thought. If you're a girl that hot, what do you need a camera for? If someone's taking pictures of you, you don't have a high eight camera, which was like a cutting edge, you know, the best camera then. Yeah. Like we had. I was like, you don't have, they gave them cameras. Yeah. But they went, get all the hot girls and get them cameras. <laughs> <sighs> so, yeah, um, I guess that uh, Aaron gets to walk away with huge win. The win. You know, with his head held huge high. Win. Huge win. And declaring. Yeah, that Bon Jovi song. It's, an, it's an assault. It's, it's a vi- violent assault. It, yeah, it really it it brings me back to how I felt about those songs back then. Like it was just 
dumb music written and performed by dumb people for dumb people to listen to. It was it it's was always just, like he's wondering like who does it sound good to? But like, yeah, you know, but, but boy, <laughs> they sold a lot Partly of them. But like, but they, but they, but I think. If you had made the, if that was the previous record, I think it wouldn't have been big. You know, I think you sold no. seven million of a thing because you got their good graces of twelve Correct. million the first time. Yes, but you didn't find you didn't fool the other five million that you got the last time. <laughs> That's why I was curious if the if, if I looked at their set list now if they still do some yeah, dude. They're you know, fucking close with that shit because uh, lay your hands on me's on this record and I'll be there for no. you and born to be my baby and none of those are good. Except <laughs> I, I like I, I like Born to Be My Baby and Do I you? don't like okay. any of the other songs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just See, from, he likes a, one. <laughs> as, from a writer, from a writer, from a writer perspective, it's fucking Hook City. From a professional writer standpoint, for, 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 I professional think that, writer. I think that I? Born to Be My Baby is a living on a prayer. That's the one it's supposed to be like because it's talking. Uh, it about, really feels that way yeah. about uh, Frankie and Johnny and whatever Tina and Gina and whatever. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're all tied up. We're all tied up. I feel like we're, you're we're in the I think you're episode ahead. 24, episode 24, it's all eights right now. Is it? Since I just won, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Damon's got his little thing here, his grid, so it's... it's yeah, no, it was I eight, have seven. Eight, seven. It was 887 eight, going into today. So oh, George it? still has seven. I still have seven. Oh, yeah. does he? I thought he had eight, too. But eight times three you, is 20, oh, 24. Are you sharing it? your point with George today? <laughs> no. Fuck oh. no. <laughs> Wait. Well, we're episode nine? 24, so I don't think you accounted for George's previous win. I'm keeping yeah, maybe, track, too, Eight times end. three is 24. <laughs> Right. Oh, I know that. So yeah. maybe. Yeah, you shorted George. You, you probably didn't add him in. Uh, when maybe I got to go back. Was there, you forgot to add it. Yeah, it's all eights. <laughs> believe me. Really That's matter. why we're at 24. As you guys know, it's been a whirlwind. Yeah, you've been up since 530 doing your taxes. And Not eating just your, today. Your cottage toast. <laughs> the last couple yeah. of weeks. My cottage, of my cottage cheese. toast. My cottage cheese toast. I've been up since 530. My sciatica. I got my... <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah, let's, please. All right, so uh, I think it's time we hear from Majel. Yeah. Sorbet. A warm bath. (laughs) It really is a warm bath. What I have coming at you guys. Good. Okay, so my sorbet is from 1983. Oh, good year. And this is one of maybe, I don't know, Half dozen, ten songs I could have played from this band. Mm-hmm. This I feel like is their masterpiece. In a large group of masterpieces, this this one probably floats to the top for me at least. I don't know if anyone is going to disagree with me on that, but uh, you guys tell me. And here we go. Good song. Yeah. I forgot this one. Yeah. Do You Want to Hold Me by Bow Wow Wow off their second album. Um, I have to look look up the name of it. I forget. Oh, it's uh, When the Going Gets Tough, the Tough Get Going. Mm-hmm. And this is, uh, like I said, 1983. And there's a whole story about Annabella and the ba- and the guys in the band and Malcolm McLaren. But let's just get into a chorus and then yeah. we'll... And yeah, then yeah. We'll, For sure. Yeah. This is just production perfection to me. You know, it's three guys 
right. guitar-based drums, right. making this huge sound. And yes. by the way, they replicated it live. I saw a stu- them playing it in a studio live. I saw them playing it con- in concert live. It sounds this fucking good every time they would play this wow. song. These guys were incredible. So back into reverse after it's that. It's fucking so rad that they're doing this like it's 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 such a hooky chorus, but it's not like there's something sort of melancholy about it, meaning that I don't know that it's a straight up like major key thing. And and mm-hmm. so there's but like it's such a fucking stone cold like bubblegum hook without feeling like that. It doesn't sound like, like a Tiffany song or something. Yeah. Is there and and then the, it's just such a weird like this is what's so beautiful about fucking new wave to me like this is one of those songs that's like this <laughs> this is what's this is what's dope about all of those influences all together the fucking crazy Burundi drumming the wild lead singer who's a child you know everything about right. it is so nuts and it just works she was 15 years old when they did when they started yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. she was like, like 14 when they started she's probably younger yeah. yeah and by by the time she was out of the band yeah which i'll tell you that story in a minute mm-hmm. she was 17 so wow, you're listening God. to like a 16 or 17 yeah, year old sing say, the song that's what i remember about her yeah and you know while we're on the subject I, she has a voice of authority to me even though she's like 17 when she there's sounds a bit like, of chrissy hine going on in there uh in the uh, in the verses her delivery. Yeah. I wonder if she was maybe influenced by the delivery style. She loved uh, Chrissy Hine and also said that when they went on tour with the pretend, I think they, they mm-hmm. opened for the pretenders yeah, kind of and said that Chrissy was awesome to her. Yeah. She oh, said that great. there's, you know, being a, a young oh my God. kid and a girl in, in the music industry. She said that Joe Strummer was super good to her. Yeah. And who's the girl from uh, Thompson Twins, Aaron? Atlanta Miles. Atlanta yeah. Miles. Yeah. She was also awesome to her. But uh, and, and Chrissy Hind as well. So anyway, so they were good to her instead of like making her snort coke out of Henry Kissinger's butthole, <laughs> which many people would have. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it protected her. That's good. Yeah. So Bow Wow Wow was the three guys. This is fairly well known who left Adam Ant. That's, Adam and the Ants. That's what I was going to ask. Who was first with the drumming? Because that's such the yeah hallmark of Adam right. and the Ants. Yeah. And if you listen to Burundi drumming, it's almost like the Adam Ant version of this band it was more of that. African Burundi yeah. style drumming. This to me is something a little bit different, but anyway, I don't, it's not worth getting into like the yeah. details of, of it, but it's obviously very world music influenced. And uh, like I said, they would just do this stuff live and they were, they were just incredible. By the way, Aaron, the bass player to me, I'm wondering if there's some cross the pond hearing each other with Mike Watt. Yeah. There's, there's, it's a, it's a crazy playing. It's all over. There's like staying away from root notes. It's like, it's like uh what is the thing that Miles Davis used to say? He would say he would tell his piano players. He told Herbie Hancock, "So don't play the butter notes." He would call <laughs> the obvious root note butter, like B U T T E R. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's like it's easy to spread or something. He says, "I want you to stay away from the butter notes." And Herbie go, "Great, we'll do." It's like I didn't have any idea what Miles was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Miles but, Davis just go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's funny when you say when you see bass players where they they seem to be avoiding. <laughs> seem to be avoiding any kind of rudimentary blues-based rock notions. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think that you're right, Damon, is that there is a something's going on with that kind of playing where they're like, just don't hit that obvious part. Uh, and the English people knew where to look. So I, there's no reason why it wouldn't have been uh, Mike Watt paying attention to that or vice versa. I don't know if that works out time-wise. But um, who's Mike Watt? He's from the he Minute was in Men, the Minutemen Fire and then Hose. in Firehose. He's kind of a legendary oh. local San Pedro bass player. Ah, okay. in, the, in the early with the Iggy Pop scene. for a long, long time. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, she her story is interesting. Um, she was discovered by a friend of Malcolm McLaren. She was working, I believe, at a dry cleaner, and she was thirteen. Mm-hmm. And singing along with the radio, she says, I've heard two different stories. It was either ABBA or Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. She's told both stories. Right. <laughs> so I don't know, but she was just, and the guy was immediately struck by and this. In London or whatever? Yeah, yeah okay. by this kid's yeah. voice. Yeah. Annabella Lewin? Lewin? Annabella Lewin, yeah. Right. And they, uh, Malcolm McLaren, who had put together the Sex Pistols, he was yeah. kind of an imp- impresario in, in London, in the, in the punk scene. Mm-hmm. He was putting together this band. He had convinced the, the rhythm section of Adam and the Ants to leave and become a band. And then brought. they'd written a bunch of songs, didn't know who the singer was. At one point, Boy George was going to be right. the, That's, I, the singer. Exact, right. I couldn't think of where I heard that story. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And, but then they, they found her, and she just... And I don't know, man. I, as, especially as an adult musician. At the time, as Aaron said, like there was so much great new wave music coming out at you just nonstop. You couldn't keep track of all the great bands that you were hearing. As I listen back to bands like this and these guys in particular, I just go, I cannot fucking believe this girl did this because she pulled it off live. She sounded great live. She, she had this attitude in the studio. I mean, in this song, she sounds to me like, like I said, an authority singing to me and and (laughs) she's 16. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's she sounds like a, 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 a professional grown woman singer to me when I hear, hear this stuff. And uh, it just, it's just, she's just so great in her story. And then she says that uh, she got dumped by the band. She didn't, she found out, I think, by like hearing it on the radio. Really? <laughs> that these three guys were going to go form another band without her. And what band was that? The Chiefs of Relief or something. Oh, I, I kind of remember that. Yeah. They were, okay. they were saying to me, it's, it's kind of stupid of them, but they're like, hey, we've already been in two successful bands. Why don't we just do, go to a third one? But then, yeah, the, the, it's clearly us. We're the <laughs> yeah, thing. right. It's not the charismatic singer of either Singers, one of the, yeah. as of Adam or her. <laughs> right. With the, yeah, they, she has the same kind of look with the it's kind of Indian Mohawk fucking, business. Yeah. It's right? probably yeah. uh, fucking McLaren, dude, who just like loves to shit on things. They will love to fucking mix it up. And for every, he's sort of like, he likes to just call cause discord and he doesn't care because he gets some sort of money involved, you know, like he just will go in and fuck it up. What's funny is that she, when she's, I read a bunch of interviews with her and I, and I watched a few on YouTube as well. Um, trying to get insights into the song. And I'll tell you about that in a, in a minute, but um, she doesn't really have anything bad to say about Malcolm McLaren, even with that kind of nude photo shoot she did when she was like 14. That's what I was remembering yeah, that, that yeah. too. Right. And he's, yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at this picture of her right now. It's yeah. not even that photo shoot. It's a different one, but she, yeah. he sexed her up a lot. Oh yeah. But she doesn't, she's a very sensible, I don't know, sort of philosophical person now about everything she went through. And she's not phased by it. She doesn't go, God, I was, she's I was, only like 28 now. <laughs> No, she's like 55, right? She's our, yeah, she's like our age. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. She, but she's very sensible about the whole thing, and she's you know she's got a lot of shit to say about the bass player, 
who um they they reunited in the 90s for for a reunion and then he yeah. he fired her again <laughs> fuck him and mike watt <laughs> <laughs> but uh she said she has nothing but great things to say about the guitar player who died in 95 i think from some disease oh wow but um he's they co-wrote the second album which is this song like yeah. so i guess the guitar player wrote the music and she wrote the lyrics that's from what i can tell that's how it went even though the whole band was credited they were one of those bands that everybody got yeah. songwriting credit yeah. but it sounds like she wrote this whole album at fucking 16 <laughs> and I, I want candy, and that was before this. The first album, yeah, yeah. the first. Album. And that's okay. I want candy was a cover of a '60s song, right? And yeah. that's but that was their biggest. This was that close. was biggest. This hit. was close, though. Yeah, this was yeah. a big K rock hit, and, and this was a huge thing for us as kids. Like it took me right back. I'd forgotten about this. And there's yeah. this, if you were from our generation, this is just pure joy. You oh, think yeah. of every great thing of what you were like then. Yeah, yeah. right. So what I do. All right, so let's listen to a little more, and I'll tell you more about my theories and other things I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Aaron, this whole part is very... Is that very Chrissy Hine, right? Oh, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was going to say, um, it's this verse kind of part, and little this little like pre-chorus they're doing right now, mm-hmm. it's it's a little bit sinister, right? Yeah. Like yeah. It's, I don't know if it's a minor key that's doing it or what, what's doing it, but the, her attitude, the way she's singing it, is it's it's dark. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then they pop into that chorus, and all of a sudden it's like... Yeah, right. You know, let's have a clothing yeah, it's cooler. A, yeah, it's as, it's, it's as big a pop chorus as can be without any, without ever being saccharine. You know, when they finally right. launch into that, it's so great. It's, I think it's because it's just uh, the, the, the playing, the instrumentalists are still playing in a new wavy vibe. They don't even it out, you know, but the chorus still jumps out in a big pop way. Yeah, he's doing you know? that, that really strange the bass player um that strange uh i don't know what you would call it just a kind of like sporadic bass playing throughout the verses and then he in the chorus it's still very unique but he's he's almost doing a walking bass line which gives it that kind of pop feel i think mm-hmm. and the melody uh too but of like, course there's yeah. something there's something going on with uh god it's impressive how young she is like to have so much to be so fully formed as uh, the charisma of her voice and delivery. It doesn't sound like she's learning shit. Meaning like she just came out of the box fully formed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like she's not learning anything. She's not tentative. It's just complete. Confidence. Yeah, confidence. And gee, you know, like had she not been discovered, it's weird to imagine what would have happened. I mean, you think that she probably would have gotten involved in the arts to some degree, but wouldn't have been able to start so soon. And very clean shirts because of the dry cleaning. Yeah, no, it's good to have somebody who was in the industry. You know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, coming into chorus here. So it goes into this nice solo right here, but um. I have a theory about the lyrics. I couldn't find it's. I I found pretty definitive uh, confirmation that she wrote this song, the lyrics, yeah. not only the song but yeah. mo- the whole album or sure. most of it at least, and uh, with the guitar player. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't get any sort of confirmation on what this song's about. It it's it's all kind of all over the map thematically. Like the "Do you want to hold me?" sounds like it's a romantic thing, 
and uh, the, then the whole all the verses are about Mickey Mouse and and Pinocchio and and you know oh. Tom and Jerry and yeah. stuff. Um, <clears throat> the thing I came up with, which you guys tell me if you if you agree, because okay, the the chorus is, and I cry all night. Do do you want to hold me? Hold me tight. Do you want to hold me? Hold me there. I mean, it's it's just about. It almost sounds like yeah a romantic thing, but she is let's say 16 at this point maybe even 17 still very young and she's from a family her mom is english and her dad is burmese if it's from burma mm-hmm. basically yeah, and that's yeah. where she was born yeah. and she had a couple of brothers yeah. and and then at one point her parents divorced and took the three or four kids from burma mm-hmm. to england right and that's where she was raised as as a kid of a single mom yeah in fact, she says that's why she was working in the dry cleaner at the time, because her mom didn't have any extra money, and she yeah. wanted to buy makeup and records and stuff. And so yeah. that's what that's how she lucked out into that. So anyway, I'm thinking we're all from families of divorce, and we all processed it differently. And, you know, anything creative we did, I don't know if you can ever avoid it coming out. Mm-hmm. Whatever that, how that affected you, divorce, parents separating, mm-hmm. um, it comes out in different ways in people's lives, whether they start drinking, <laughs> whether they just start, you know, having 12 kids to make up for it, or they st- yeah. start writing songs or whatever it is, it comes out in everybody. I don't, yeah. I don't care who you are. I wonder if this song, maybe she wasn't even conscious of this because a lot of times we as songwriters don't know if we're writing about a specific thing. Mm-hmm. And it's only later that you realize, Oh shit, I was writing about that. Yeah. I wonder if she's, she, cause she's talking about, um, Children, you got to hear me. You've got to understand me. Love and death ain't no physical thing. There ain't no more. She's. This is not back in the chorus. There ain't no more confusion in the night. There's someone there to tell me what what is right. Do you want to hold me? Hold me tight. She's talking about stuffed animals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. How do you know that? I just think that that's what she's talking about. She's talking about having something like a stuffed animal in her bed, uh, and and typically it could be like Disney characters. And she it gives her security. And you say that she was. Her parents split, and so the thing that's going to not judge or not be help her not be lonely and will always be there are the stuffed animals she has. Plus, she's almost a kid anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, interesting interpretation. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Then, if that's if she was literally thinking of her stuffed animals that were filling her bed at the time, I wonder if she didn't realize that she was maybe singing about dad in Burma. That's what I was gonna. Yeah, seems the obvious. Yeah, well, they're they're, yeah. they're taking they're the the um, surrogate the surrogate father who's not gonna not be there yeah and i'm not gonna you know force this interpretation on her if she doesn't believe that's true you know she's listening she can come get she she can come on the show and straighten us out (laughs) if she wants i know the invitation's always there annabella but uh anyway that was my kind of maybe wacky theory about what this could possibly be about because it it doesn't the verses are so kind of flippant uh, at singing about mickey mouse he's as big as a house and i've been to california and I almost feel like she was at first I thought, well, this, these must be Malcolm McLaren lyrics because he's talking about this young girl who wants to be held by somebody and hold me there, which sounds very provocative. Mm-hmm. But then I, when I realized she wrote all these lyrics, I thought, A, sounds like she's trying to write in the style that they already started writing in with this band, mm-hmm. you know, with all the wacky Mickey Mouse stuff. But also mm-hmm. she's maybe being honest with us about dad or maybe, parents yeah. or something. It's a, th- it's a theory. Enough. It's a good yeah. theory. I like it. I get it. Okay. I agree with both your theories. I think they're kind of the same thing. I think both thing. of our theories are the same thing. Yeah, it's just yeah. Yeah. she's substituting it for one for the other. Yeah. yeah. It's a, I, I, never, I never even paid attention to these lyrics other than the than the the parts that you the, the hooky parts. Like yeah, the right. verses. Do you wanna hold me? 
let me ask you guys just from a uh, from a songwriting or construction standpoint. Um, does a construction standpoint? So are these jibs holding this? Up? No, um, <laughs> are um, the fact that this isn't traditional drums and traditional bass the way you'd write a pop song mm-hmm. that that does make a difference in this and Adam and the Ants. It makes it. It makes it not a pop song. It makes it, it more exotic. Yeah, or, exotic. Yeah, or weird. Because if this was just 4-4 four, four and, you know, you wouldn't play the bass like that. He's having right. to play the bass because of the drumming they're doing. That's where it starts, construction-wise. Yeah. From there, right? And that's what makes this song different. And, in fact, this band different. Because Adam and the Ants did that, too. Yeah. And you always wondered... Well, this is interesting because no one, there's not a hi hat to be seen. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. and yeah, that's like the, it's, there's something it's the most. DNA wise, I mean, that it comes from an African style of drumming. There's something that, you know, speaks to every one of our rhythmic minded souls. Lizard you know, brain? It so, yeah. It's somewhere deep in there. Yeah. And it, it gets, it's, it has this neat universal effect, but also seems exotic. Mm-hmm. And it is. I mean, in Western music, it is exotic. Yeah. But it's but we are drawn to it, and it's not like listening to those Fela records where it's very very it's it's tough, <laughs> you know, for a casual unless you're a muso, it's tough to listen to those records. But this run through this prism, it's it's completely attractive in a pop sense, but you still have this like ooh, there's a sophistication going on, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. Speaking of sophistication, go watch this drummer play play this song or any of their songs live. I mean, he's. He sounds like a drum circle. <laughs> you right, know, it sounds yeah, right, like yeah. he sounds like yeah. seven guys. Yeah, right. He, he's doing all of this just by himself. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. It's yeah, pretty the wild. only time I've ever found. I, I hate the idea of two drums in rock music. Yeah, it's you, it's you fucking like ponderous. It it takes away any of the snap. I feel it's completely ridiculous. There are moments where I got it with Genesis because there's oh. something about them because they were so tight as a band that. Phil, when your two drummers are fucking Chester Thompson and Phil Collins, right. it's not going to be bad. And it doesn't sound muddy. Every fucking buddy else does. Also great, though, is when these guys would do it and when Adam and the Ants would have that stage set up. It made sense because it was almost like just two percussionists going crazy. Right. As opposed to two Western sensibility kicks. Like, I, what the fuck do the Allman Brothers need two fucking drums? Why the fuck do <laughs> one of the brothers need, dead need that? You know, it's fucking absurd. Absurd. I'd argue they don't need one. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, this is a pretty killer solo. Let's hear a little more, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Um, as they're coming out of the solo back into the chorus... Listen to what the bass player does. I mean, he's a he's a prick for firing Annabella twice. I get it, but fuck, is he nailing it? <laughs> it's busy it's so groovy and just and, and right in line with everything because what do you do as a bass player you've got to get in on the doom, boom, doom, boom, doom, right that's boom, what i was gonna boom, ask what you, you play do anything as a bass else player it's here. absurd yeah, yeah. <laughs> what can you do with that rhythm that's what makes it different i was gonna yeah, you ask better Aaron, jump on like, board or it's gonna be do? like a yeah right it's like you weren't holding on to the reins of a horse and he just split you're right yeah <laughs> right whoa and uh don't sleep on the guitar player because he he keeps everything really kind of minimal to, to to not step on these two guys right yeah, and the yeah. tone and the tone that he's got is the same that marco had in adam and the ants there's there's that <laughs> they're doing a 
sort of it's Eddie Cochran. That's I was going to say by so. way of like <laughs> yeah rockabilly. You know yeah. So, yeah, sort of that happening, but then also something something else is going on. But the primary thing, because it certainly doesn't sound like Western rock, but the the tone kind of does like rockabilly, right? Where, mm-hmm. but then there's something else going on too. Feels like ska, I, right? Some of it. Yeah, definitely. That's, sure. that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. yeah. And what's his nose? Is it Budgie from uh, Susie? Uh, uh, did stuff tone wise that sounded like this as well? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, again, very un un Western. Something something else is going on. There's something trippy. It's too bad these guys. And I, I don't know if you can blame everybody. She doesn't have anything to really say about the drummer, but she definitely has a lot of shit to say about the bass player. But also is very reverential about the guitar player. So I just wonder if these guys, like as we said before, just they just thought they didn't need singers. But meanwhile, it's these it's an an Adam Ant and a and a Annabella Lewin that make these guys yeah. shine. Well, yeah, I was gonna say like who, who died? Let the fucking bass player. Came. You said she. <laughs> you said that she and the guitar player wrote the record. They should have turned him and go. No, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I don't know if you know, but I'm the 16 year old girl everyone's interested in, and he right. writes the song. So get the fuck out of here. We'll get someone else to noodle around the bass. <laughs> Where were you when when they needed yeah. you? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but why did they tell him that? I mean, he's. Why was he the well, firer of everybody? The, well, it's it, <laughs> is he a brute first, or something? <laughs> the first time she got fired, they all kind of left as a group. Oh, it wasn't just you know they they weren't there weren't factions in the band. It sounds like these three were just sort of like all right, moving on to our next singer, and oh. then and then the second time, like I think at that point the guitar player was dead, the mm-hmm. drummer wasn't involved, and so it was just oh, in Annabella the and, in right. the mid nineties and, and the bass yeah. player, and then she claims that. They were supposed to do another tour and maybe even another album and stuff. And then at one point, he just fired her randomly again. So and, anyway. You know, a devil's advocate. Maybe she's hard to work with. We don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't yeah. seem like yeah. it when you see yeah. her interviews. She seems very sweet and, and intelligent and has her shit together. But I've never worked with her. So yeah. wait until no. the third night in Cleveland, my friend. <laughs> and you'll see. No. <laughs> All right. Here we go. I like when she changes the singing here too. She yeah. starts going up to the harmony and then does, does some kind of vamping out that's really cool. Yeah. I've always loved I remember it. Remember that now. Yep. Uh, that's it's hard not to do when you listen to it earlier in the song. It's it's very easy to just get to that harmony right away when you're singing mm. along with her. Na, 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 that one. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm already yeah. there when the song starts because I know she's going to end up there. So I like to do it early. Yeah. I just imagine like sitting in the control room after you recorded this song, you're just listening to it and just going, holy fuck, I can't believe I did that. I I mean, I hear the song now all these years later and I'm still going, how the fuck did these people do this? It's so perfect to me. And they could have used that high voice on on Bad Medicine. (laughs) (laughs) Not one one American was 
wounded in the making of that song. It's so it's such an English <laughs> no song. Yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? Right. Like yeah. not one. It doesn't sound American in the slightest. No. Though it is the product of American influence, but it just doesn't sound like it. you have to pick it apart to maybe hear that or feel mm-hmm. like oh, I get that it's coming from a space that perhaps originated in a rockabilly thing or whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. And it's so English. It's so fucking English and coming from their empire building nation like it sounds like it's the product of everything <laughs> you know if they were there it's in this has, has anyone used this it feels like this would be great in a soundtrack somewhere like in a montage or something that it would be yeah. really effective i think uh, i read they, yeah. they they used it of course mm. i can now say that my research is as flawed as yours george okay well, I- <laughs> i'm glad i could lower I- i'm glad i could drag you down with me <laughs> No, there's. I think Aaron, you're next. They did use this in a in a movie or something, maybe yeah. back within the last fifteen years or so. And That's I a reasonable question. Damon will pull that rank. Well, he'll go. He'll be listening to your your submission. He'll go. Do you know if that guy uh, uh, kept his mother's uh, uh, middle name? Do you know if that's possible? I, I don't know. Well, shoddy research. Uh. <laughs> I just brought up a, a what if you know. <laughs> I think I've heard it in commercials. I think I've heard it in commercials. Commercials, yeah, that too feels like a certainly. Very I want candy, yeah, but I think this one as well because it's just so. It's just it, it brings a smile to your face if you're from yeah, this generation. Exactly. It just immediately you smile, right? Because you see like it, four gals in a fucking Subaru, fucking having the fucking Subaru. time of their lives, yeah. <laughs> right? I just because I, I can't. Um, it, it just it, and it's not. I wasn't a big fan of this band, but if you were alive that time during that time, and also I didn't remember this song particularly when it started. I knew it was them. Because there's that only one band sounds like that when yeah. she starts singing. Otherwise, it could be Adam, but it's not. But it just it puts a smile on your face. Yeah, it's great. It's really great in that way. Yeah, yeah. That's a band that like we've run through a lot of factors of why bands break up. Even today, where we were talking about Bon Jovi and how they they were just yeah. like they needed a break. Yeah, right. right. And and these guys, when you put together this perfect you know alchemy of players. Mm. With her sing- that rhythm section, that guitarist playing and his songwriting, and then her singing, and it, like you guys couldn't have just like taken a break and d- yeah. done a solo album and then come back together and stuff. It's like, and also, so there's that one factor they're just burnt out. There's also the factor that, like, don't forget this was the '80s. I don't, I don't know, she was maybe too young to get into the drug scene and stuff, but these guys are in their twenties. I'm sure yeah. that oh, Coke, yeah. Coke was a flowing as yeah, usual, right. yeah. and it puts you in a you know in a shitty place in your brain, and you, and it, you don't. As far as I know, you don't want to work with people. Yeah, it's all about you. So I don't know. That's it's, it's unfortunate that a lot of these bands, uh, fuck Bon Jovi, but bands like this that like they probably had a good couple albums left in them of, of quality stuff, and they we just, just didn't get two it. records. That's it. Two records and, and some EPs and stuff. But yeah, yeah. didn't know where's she. Where is she now? Like, is she? What it's, happened after the mid nineties? And it sounds like she lives here in L.A. somewhere. Yeah, everyone does. Yep, <laughs> and um. She goes out as Annabella's Bow Wow Wow oh, because yeah. the other guy's using right. Bow Wow on a different girl singer. Right. Um, she did, you know, she did a couple solo albums over the years and uh, has, you know, done some singing on other people's stuff. I don't know how she sustains a life. Became a mom, maybe? I don't know. It's, <laughs> yeah. she, she had doesn't... to have a relationship with Anthony Kiedis because he's, he's the, like a sexual Ellis Island that everybody going through. <laughs> You are coming through LA. Everyone, you, comes you've got to go Kiedis. through. You've got to go through him. Yeah. Don't I, know if I, you know that, honey, but you've got it. You've just got to. 
I like so. that she's here because I feel like I might, you know, run into her at Arrow One. <laughs> <laughs> she would be there, yeah. Yeah. Right. Hey, you Annabelle? I just was talking about you. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, she's she's still around and still uh, seems to, uh, you know, go out and jam with, with yeah. other people and do, do uh, Bow Wow Wow songs. So yeah, talented and a half. She should be. She should be doing stuff. If she's not, she should be. Yeah, because yeah. I because it, it'd be easy, like kind of like being a kid actor. If you had that kind of success, and then were kicked out, and it'd be easy to move on to something else, right? And, or just forget about it. Not you know, never kind of came to a career for her. But when your career's over at seventeen, you know, yeah. you get plenty of time. But that's I'm glad because uh, I not have heard anything about them since forever for yeah. thirty years. Her biggest takeaway is like I love standing on a stage and singing and looking out at everybody's happy faces. It makes right. me feel great. Yeah. So as long as I can keep doing that and they, cool. and people are showing up, then I'm just going to keep doing it. Do you want to hold me? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I'll tell you what else I want to hold. My Gitmo bros forever. That's right. Yay! Number one rockers. <laughs> <laughs> so let's wrap up episode 24 by declaring ourselves once again, you know, planting our flag in the sand for being the number one rockers forever. Yeah. And uh, bidding you adieu from here at uh, Ear and Loathing headquarters. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to finish a coherent thought because my eyes are about to close. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but I think I'm going to get us out uh, by saying we'll see you guys next week on episode 25. <laughs> right. Hello. Hello. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Ear and Loathing. Encyclopedia Brown and the Case of the Missing Dongle. Mom! Take it easy. Lower it. I don't I'm not going to lower it. I have to do this now. I don't mind you playing it, but lower it. Tune in next week for more Ear and Loathing. End transmission. Goodbye. Goodbye.